This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 326, The Super Ghosts of Creus Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hello and welcome to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. This is the way we start every show. First with a greeting. I'm Matt Martins and I'm joined by Hunter Donaldson. Hi, I'm Hunter Donaldson. Thank you, Matt, for... Yeah, good job. (laughs) Great. I just felt hosterly today. I decided to be hosterly and and really sort of like occupy that mental space. So, I don't know, as a host, just like, hello and welcome everyone. Let's pretend this is what it would be like if Space Cats Peace Turtles was written by an AI. Now on to the first segment. Okay, the first segment is about Twilight Imperium. We hope you enjoy the first segment of the Twilight yeah, Imperium podcast. Yeah, that's good, Matt. I'm, I'm glad to start today with just, <laughs> just fantasizing about the show being run by, by AI and not us not having anything to do with it. That sounds good. <laughs> There's no transcript of all of our episodes, thankfully. But if someone did make that and then put that into an AI, I, I don't think I would prefer what it spit out on the other side. But... I think it would say blue tech a lot. You think there's a chance, though, that you could like what it spit out <laughs> is sort of what you're suggesting here. I don't, this weird thing that you're going with here, that's what I'm hearing is that you're suggesting that there is a chance that you would actually prefer it if it was written by AI. I think there's a chance it's funnier. There's just a, there's just a chance that it's funnier. I, today I agree, to be honest. Today... Today, it does kind of make sense that maybe it would, in fact, be funnier if it was written by a robot. Because they'd have ac- they'd have a lot of ideas about stuff, you know? Uh-huh. They'd have a lot of stuff to, to pull from. Yeah, sure. Um, and I feel like, yeah, definitely, your, I think our back and forth could probably be captured fully by an AI. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we've said this before, but it could have already happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, we don't know. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no telling uh, what's already happened. So. Yes, correct, correct, <laughs> correct, correct, correct. Uh, hey, Hunter, guess what I have for you? I have some tournament updates. Would you like to hear them? Yes, give me the tournament updates. The, the updates on the tournament are, uh, we got about 10-ish winners. I don't know, I don't count. I see uh, 114 minus 105. <laughs> I'm not going to do math, okay? Uh, but here they are, first up uh, for this week of games. Congratulations go to 11 Spoons. Yeah. Novice, uh, unaligned Magi, or just Magi. Has Magi aligned? I, I feel like Magi I don't is, see the unalignment yeah. anymore. Yeah. Magi is currently aligned, is what <laughs> happened. At some point, Magi got aligned, yeah, and yeah. then, and we don't know when that happened, we don't but know, it did happen. And we don't know to what, but yeah, <laughs> he is yeah. aligned. Uh, Andy Sandham, 325, congratulations. Spage, Saros, Thanatos, Deval, Rooster Baron and not Jacob. Congratulations to yeah. uh, everyone for making it through to the prelims. You get to now rest on your laurels. You have a month and 10 days off before the prelims begin. Yeah, and you'll notice, um, because I was not included in that list, <laughs> my my torment resumes. <laughs> uh, I will be playing another game uh, this Sunday. 
uh, starting at around 11 a.m. Eastern. I think actually starting at exactly 11 a.m. Eastern, and that's on November 26th on twitch.tv slash turtles. Come watch and root for or against me. <laughs> of course, I imagine they're all rooting against me. Yeah, um, that's always your sort I don't of look internal monologue. But yeah. My internal monologue is of just utter hatred uh, for everything I do. Uh, but perhaps you feel i mean i don't know i don't know where you are aligned uh-huh. but uh mm-hmm. perhaps you're uh you're neutral on me that'd be cool i to show up and, and make up your mind for me matt i root for hunter because i just i i want my buddy to have a good time and uh it's not that you have a bad time when you lose this game but i'll note a difference in your losses in the tournament versus your like standard everyday loss the the feelings oh, yeah. have been very different <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. I feel good to be outed in that way. We we're gonna have an episode all about it, where True. I will uh, whine and complain to your heart's content. So how about that? We'll just save that. How about we save all the whining and complaining I don't, and belly aching? I don't view it as that. Yeah, that would be a fun episode though to also bring in like like other top names like have magi and like luke and and teddy and people whose oh, names yeah, have been ruined and crushed into dust <laughs> i'll say this i mean everybody that's wronged me in all of these tournament games like we are we have an hour coming up where i'm just gonna put you on blast like i'm just gonna ruin your reputation you're not gonna be able to like you're not gonna be able to do anything this is how you play the games. game they play you the game never but... win again <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm going to put so much heat on all these people. Uh Uh, Not even people, not even just the people that beat me, even people that didn't beat me. You're just ruined at this point. (laughs) I'm going to cut. There were dirty deals. You will. Everyone in the community is now going to know that you did that. You broke a non-binding with me. And that's you really messed up. Mm -hmm. All those people by name. Yeah. uh, Not even just username, legal name. Oh, sure. Social security (laughs) number address all i have all of these things right here in little dossiers i have an old school filing cabinet all right with all of my enemies in one you know older sure and there we go well okay well we'll do that i look forward to it but for today hunter are you ready for me to tell you all about the ghosts of Creus, a faction you know all too well <laughs> well I, I don't know them that well you do, well do I I, you know play them. ghosts you pl- i've seen i've, I've seen my boy play some ghosts I've, well that's I've the played thing it right all. He's, yeah. he's played it all folks i've uh, played it all i've been around turns out i've been doing this show since 2017 <laughs> that's what it that's what's true for me you know what was a good reminder though uh in in hyper focusing on ghosts for a little bit is how ding dang fun ghosts is uh ghosts are just a fun time faction it's funny though because the last super guide i did was vool wraith cabal guess what it's not fun real similar factions though honestly pretty much uh lots Hmm. of the same mentality at least from me uh if anything i would say ghosts are a slightly less good cabal with way better finishing moves that's my one sentence summary uh, uh so you you don't you don't do as well in the mid game but you actually have game closers uh where cabal maybe does not uh so i think one of those matters a lot more than the other yeah <laughs> yeah and i think that's probably why i like ghost yeah. and not cabal because if i'm going to have an advantage i'd rather it be at the end of the game right. not at the beginning of the <laughs> exactly game. precisely uh let's talk about the lore of ghosts uh the ghosts of creus are they're the flying dutchman it's just it's just the ship the flying dutchman actually uh there what is the flying dutchman i don't actually i just know it as um from spongebob <laughs> like, can you I mean, why did i know that's what you were gonna say 
It's just the SpongeBob character. Well, that's Outside not far of off. The SpongeBob, what is the Flying the Dutchman? The Flying Dutchman is a legendary ghost ship that would haunt and plague sailors out upon the seas, which is Ooh. until the proper introduction of the ghosts was the legends of the ghosts of Creus, which of course is all retrofitted more or less. I don't know that there's very many mentions. Maybe there's old lore about like, yeah, wormholes are pretty freaky, huh? But for the most part, once the ghost faction sheet is introduced, they're like, there's murmurs about all the weird stuff that was always happening near uh, wormholes and people that would mess with them would never return and blah, 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 blah. And then right. one day the ghosts show up and they're like, yeah, we're pretty weird. I don't know. Um, my biggest takeaways are that honestly, this is where Cabal and Empyrean are pretty unimpressive to me because the two of those factions are just the Creus story again. Like the Creus yeah. have been watching from the wormholes. The Empyrean have been watching from kind of all over dark well, space, you know? Have the Creus been watching or are they just kind of out there doing weird stuff? Because the Maybe Empyrean a are both. Yeah. Okay. It's true. Well. The Empyrean, you're right though, that the Empyrean are like specifically like we're here to keep tabs on all of you and we're making a list and checking it twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're Santa's helpers, whereas the ghost of Creus is the, the ghost of Christmas uh, future, I guess. No, I, well, no, 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 no. Cabal, Cabal is the ghost of Christmas future yeah. and Empyrean are the ghosts of Christmas present yeah. and Mahawked are the ghosts of Christmas past. There we go. No. Yes. I think ghosts... Okay. They're from the past. They're literally from the past, right? Oh, okay. I was I mean, thinking about the characters. Like oh, their sure. Characteristics. Yeah. The ghost of Christmas past is like a little girl or uh -huh, whatever floating uh -huh. around. So yeah. I don't think that's very mahawk. Marley! I guess it, could, <laughs> it could be a mean little girl, though, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, um, if anything, though, with, within those editions, ghosts also got to get cooler in Prophecy of Kings because the mahawk introduce I, I think this is easy to forget actually crimson legionnaires are a mahawk yes. unit those are ghosts yes. those are straight up and down ghosts the story of mahawk is they uh, that ghosts were mucking about uh around uh asheron or whatever and uh oops we unleashed the mahawk and all the ghosts that were there like at the front door when it opened right. mahawk was like cool we're gonna capture your soul and turn you uh red instead of blue and you are now our troopers because mahawk you have to remember are like there's not very many mahawk there's not mahawk soldiers there's like a handful of mahawk gene sorcerers right. and the ghosts are their soldiers so that's a fun little nugget that that ghosts are now in two factions even though uh they only represent one i love it um yeah. i think the yeah i think that they're getting double represented is cool and i think that in going forward into the future i think there should be more uh, kind of Twilight Imperium, uh, le less homogeny, you uh -huh. know, like, like, let's, let's spread it out. Let's make it seem like these factions are all recruiting, you know, and they're yeah. kind of, they're, they're, they're assimilating into each other culturally, et right. cetera. Although yeah. the, the Crimson Legionnaires are explicitly <laughs> not that. <laughs> <laughs> they have not assimilated I mean, like into the Mahogged culture <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, but like a, in a nice way, uh -huh, like uh -huh, a, a nice uh -huh, version uh -huh. of the Crimson Legionnaires. Yes, yeah, that would yeah, be nice. That would be that, that would, would be, be nice. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about what the faction has and does and is and starts with. What, what do you what say ye? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. So their starting tech is of course gravity drive. Yeah. Um, their starting units are one carrier, four infantry, two destroyers. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Two fighters. 
and a space dock. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. That's it. Um, and the lack of carrier is, of course, a problem. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. in base game, you had one carrier factions and you had two carrier factions. And then a bunch of POK factions came up with new ways to generate carriers. And ghosts kind of didn't. But the trick is we have many methods of getting that other carrier out, actually. We have, like, a handful of very reliable ways to do it. I will note, too, we have two trade ships, but because of our other stuff, we don't usually actually need them. Uh, We have a thing that we'll talk about later that lets us just go to Malice right away, which means we're on a wormhole, which means we then usually establish uh, neighbors. So, like, the destroyers... I don't know. They might get left home. Maybe they go somewhere, but it, uh, they're they're kind of an interesting thing that just hangs out with you for a little while. <laughs> Their home system is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, we have, for the actual home system tile, we of course have the Creus Gate, yep. which is just like an empty uh, an empty space with a, what is it, a Delta? Delta wormhole, uh, the blue Delta. Delta. Yes, Blue Delta wormhole, which then connects to their actual home system, which is off the board and sort of Malice style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has one planet, which is called Creus. Yay! What do you know? The ghost of Creus. Who knew? Ah. Yep, it ah. is a 4 2. Uh, 4 is great. Obviously, it means we can reliably get tech around one. And then from then on, it's a good little production center. It is mildly annoying to have it one tile away from the board but that's also good right i i think the the yin brotherhood are supposed to be the yin and yang faction the good and the bad of with everything but actually i kind of feel like ghosts is that way because i feel that way about wormholes like wormholes in totality are good and bad things to have basically yeah and so the ghosts home system setup is like yeah i'm one further away from everybody else i'm also one further away from everything uh which can be annoying it, it can at times get in the way of things yeah but it's hilarious yes <laughs> and i think it's a really interesting way to express kind of the 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 faction yeah it's it's really good flavor yes even if strategically there's not really a lot to say i mean ghosts are everybody's first favorite faction because they absolutely have the most pizzazz and the like just the yeah. most interesting ideas in them they, they are hands yeah. down the most interesting faction yeah they are really fun in that way um also the planet art for creus yeah is fantastic um i also want i want to read the flavor text for the card real quick yeah <clears throat> Trapped between matter and void lies the realm of Creus. Made of trapped light and radioactive gas, this realm hosts the most peculiar forms of life. Uh, and there you go. The it ghosts really... get away with just saying stuff. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, there's absolutely no concern for physics with the ghosts mm-hmm. of Creus, I would say. At least, like, Cabal, it's like, well, yeah, there's like a, it's like a rift in space-time has opened up. And with ghosts, we're like, I don't know, it's like not matter, but it is, but it isn't. Yeah. And who knows, brother? <laughs> and it just ends with just like, and it's weird there. And it's like, uh, thank you. I thought it probably was weird there, so... Thank you for clarifying that it is, in fact, weird there. Uh All right. Should we do their abilities? Yes, please. All right. So first ability, this one is a doozy. They're all kind of doozies. We've got a lot of text on the ability sheet here uh, for once. Uh, First ability is called Quantum Entanglement. You treat all systems that contain either an alpha or beta wormhole as adjacent to each other. Game effects cannot prevent you from using this ability. Yeah. This is cool. Um, uh, There's... This is the first instance of things that are 
in base game are like, yep, that makes sense. And it works exactly how I think it would work. And it's it's not complicated really at all. Uh, and then POK introduces gamma wormholes. And you have to make special mention of all of the abilities that do not refer to gamma wormholes like this one. Right. It also right. specifically doesn't count your delta wormholes. That would be too much if like your deltas were just connected to all wormholes all the time or whatever. But with the addition of some gamma wormholes that can pop out, also uh, you have uh, three wormhole tokens we haven't talked about yet. They'll kind of come up with their promissory note, but honestly, I might as well mention them now. You have an alpha wormhole, a beta wormhole, and now a gamma wormhole that can kind of get yeah. placed anywhere. And uh, yeah, you just have to remember that the alpha and betas are more special than the gammas. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, I that is like kind of impossible to remember, especially yeah. too with the uh, with the agent yes in play. oh my gosh we'll talk about the agent too uh i have a fun uh pop quiz from yeah. uh phil sage we have a we have a yeah. we have a rules quiz with milty phil sage says pop quiz if ghosts activate a beta wormhole can they benefit from imperium's aether stream via the alpha asteroid field <laughs> Which is an anomaly. The Alpha Wormhole Asteroid Field is an anomaly. Yes. Because we are uh, adjacent with alphas and betas. Well, what's funny is there has never been uh, an answer to this question. And I did have to reach out to Dane. And Dane, uh, Dane said, I definitely don't care what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> but he followed up. But I actually think maybe Aetherstream isn't checking that particular part from their point of view so on ghost's turn i would rule that it is okay so from yeah, the ghost perspective alphas and betas are adjacent to each other i am adjacent to the alpha wormhole through this beta wormhole if i'm activating that spot i have one additional movement if imper if uh, if imperian wants to grant it to me i just felt like I, that is like the most dumb nebulous rules thing but it was a rule that has never come up before so it felt fun to include here for everybody congratulations interesting. we did it you would have to build such a particular map in order for yeah. this rule to matter at <laughs> all um, i will say like the alpha asteroid field absolutely comes up often it, it is kind of an important mm -hmm. set piece of the ghost i i literally am in a game right now where this is stupid but learn the secrets of the cosmos became a public objective because of classified documents leak. Uh, it's also just a secret objective I could have had, but having right. three adjacent two anomalies is uh, way easier as ghosts, like way, way easier. Yeah, Cause all the true. wormholes are just adjacent to that alpha asteroid or all the alphas and betas are adjacent to that asteroid field. That's kind of the same. It's, it's kind of the same thing though, where I'm just saying like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's normally easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a hard objective out. to f yeah. work out anyways. So who needs yeah. it to be easier? Very true. All right, let's talk about the next ability. It is called Slipstream. During your tactical actions, apply plus one to the move value of each of your ships that starts its movement yep. in your home system or in a system that contains either an alpha or beta wormhole. Oh, this is so annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> annoying. Ghosts is like the number one faction for... It's Dane's favorite, right? It's Dane's golden right. child is the ghost. Dane just loves, loves, loves the ghosts. And clearly, 
Dane didn't want to look like he was playing favorites. So every time he comes up with an amazing idea, not that he came, uh, Slipstream I think existed in TI3, but in general, yes. every the, it, the, it was probably reworded a bit f for this purpose. Uh, every time he tries to give them something nice, he has to give them something horrible uh, <laughs> as recompense or whatever. So the key here is the reason it's not just like in any wormhole is because Dane didn't want to make the flagship too good, basically. Right. right. The, and we'll get to the flagship, but it, it is a Delta wormhole. Right. So he didn't want just like the Delta worm, like the flagship to just have bonus movement. Why? I don't know. I don't know what's so wrong with the flagship having some bonus movement or whatever. Yeah. But that was not allowed, which means then our home system counts. But the Creus gate does not, which is uh, pretty stupid. And then, of course, with the introduction introduction of POK, gamma wormholes also for some reason don't apply to slipstream so right. uh this is a great ability plus one movement is uh very good but boy keep in mind all the places it doesn't work yeah yeah well we've got some solutions to those problems and i actually feel like yeah the agent also helps you remember that slipstream doesn't work that way because yeah. otherwise you would just be like what do, what do when I, am I gonna use this <laughs> but that you know that, that Here's where you're going to use it. Yep. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about Creus Gate, uh, which we've sort of already talked about, but just to say it, when you create the game board, place the Creus Gate tile 17, uh, which you would know from, you would have that on the mind if you've been, you know, if you're caught up, uh -huh, you know on that the show, Creus two weeks Gate ago. is number 17. Uh -huh. um, where your home system would normally be placed, the Creus Gate system is not a home system. Then place your home system, tile 51, in your play area mm -hmm. um that is to say we've i mean we've already said it but they're they have a they have an extra tile yeah. and so it's not a home system the, the thing we haven't talked about within all of that is that the creus gate is not a home system which is like right. half obvious but also very much worth noting that like you are you know that tile is in the position of home systems on the map but will not count for any kind of objective that relates to home systems or whatever so yeah. uh, that's very convenient in a lot of ways especially with pok uh the delta the creus gate is a tile on the edge of the board that's not your home system it is an empty system that's like in your slice that for for empties or whatever there's there's a right. lot of uses of the creus gate now for objectives that is very beneficial to have it not be a home system but be like an extra tile kind of in your territory right yeah i mean it's it, it we like it it's it got ranked pretty high on the system tile mm -hmm, tier list mm -hmm. episode which you should check out if you haven't heard that one yet i mean definitely if you're one of those people that just listens to the guide episodes you gotta hear this that's a guide tier list that's episode. an important guide it's basically a guide <laughs> it's basically just as good <laughs> um all right we've already talked about the flagship a little bit um but matt Let's let's get into it. Yep. The flagship is called the Hill Kalish, yes. aka the Phil Collinch. Mm -hmm. um, and the text reads, uh, this ship's system contains a delta wormhole during movement. This ship may move oh before God. or after your other ships. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about why that has to be noted. Yeah. Um, it is a cost eight flagship. Uh, combat is just one on a five. So wah, wah. dumb. Move so value dumb. is one. Capacity is three three so yeah. kind almost one of the really good ones almost one basically. of the really good ones we haven't talked about dimensional splicer yet but the reason the combat is one on a five is because dane I was like you on. might get dimensional splicer so we have to make the flagship a little bit worse so it has to break all like the rules that every other flagship follows super annoying um it being a delta wormhole is great uh obviously anywhere on the board 
Uh, you can always get back home or whatever. Uh, the thing that is always of note and the reason ghost players are pretty trepidatious actually to get this flagship on the board is because, especially nowadays, lots of folks end up with light wave deflector, yep. which means they can walk through your flagship into your home system. Uh and that's no good. So, uh, yeah, the, the flagship is actually kind of hard to use these days. It, it, it can come up, but I don't build it all the time. In fact, I don't build it often, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, Lightwave kind of nerfed it. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I really wish it said during movement on your turn. Yeah. Because it is, I mean, okay. Because otherwise I it remember. doesn't come up, right? Like, it just doesn't even matter. Right. But Dane wanted to stick a knife in his friend Ghost's back, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he was on the show when he first said that that was, in fact, how it worked. I mm -hmm. think it was, like, one of the first times he was ever here. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that day he was just feeling really saucy. Yeah. <laughs> and he just wanted something spicy. Um, But, you know, too much spice does ruin the gumbo. <laughs> and I think it would be cool if we all played as if it said during movement on your turn. Yeah. Just saying. I, I don't think they need some sort of Achilles heel yep. with the Phil Collins. Well, I think and we'll get into it, sense. but there's plenty of other Achilles heels as well. That is like yeah, the number one thing dragging this faction down. This would be like an a, a solid a tier faction if there weren't so many achilles heels basically right you have like six achilles heels and one of them is almost guaranteed to come up every game um the other thing we haven't talked about yet is this ship may move before or after your other ships this yes. is of course primarily just to enable the idea that you might be sending stuff through home into fr from home through the system the flagship is already in to like the adjacent system right next to it right yes. if you're parked next to someone's home system you can go through it that way and then you can also like what you, you you don't have to move it or or maybe you can alternatively you can send the flagship there and then send everything directly to its destination wherever it ended right. up there's more uses for that that's like kind of the main way things happen but there are situations in which you want to uh go before what this also does, though, is one of the most annoying rules. Uh, just just to say it, I'll say it. Okay. Uh, Milty says, if ghosts want to move through a gravity rift with their flagship and other stuff, they declare everything that's moving, roll for the rift for their flagship, then figure out the path for their other units, which means if your flagship dies, you still have to move as much as you can, even if it means rifting every other ship. Which is really stupid. Just so we're all... So we're all clear. The, the notion being, if the flagship can't make it to the destination <laughs> system, your other stuff has to go through the rift where the flagship started its activation. You like when when you choose to go through stuff, it's just so uh, just don't just don't. Okay? Why would you even do it that way though? Couldn't you just move the flagship first? But you have to rift? declare everything at the start of the activation. You have to declare everything that's moving before you then roll for moving things. I, I, I gotta say, uh, I'm in active rebellion on this one. So is uh, Milty. So are all of us. <laughs> we want this one okay. reversed. So this is this, this is our soapbox to convince Dane to break this, please. Yeah, that that can't be how it works. Come on. <laughs> we, we, we're not gonna live like this. I okay? pray for an errata. I pray for an errata next week where yeah. I'm like, Dane, reverse the ruling on Gravity Rifts and the flagship. You can just do it, <laughs> okay? Yeah. You can just do it yeah. normal. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about the mech unit. It yep. is called the Icarus Drive. Uh, it is a standard cost two combat six with sustained damage mech. 
but the text reads as follows. After any player activates a system, you may remove mm -hmm. this unit from the game board to place or move a Creus wormhole token into this system. This is like <laughs> such a funny thing because it's a mech yeah. whose like, window of activation is constant. It's always yes. happening, right. basically. And it you doesn't have to be do anywhere near the action. Like yeah. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Nalu across the table is like, I'm going to activate Muat's home system. There are no wormholes between me and Muat's home system. I'm just going there. And Ghost is like, hey, I just want to, I'm just going to throw an alpha Actually, wormhole gonna, over here on Bear Blur to four. Quick. Just going to yeah. do that. Just so we all know I did that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's such an open timing. Um, it's a funny one because obviously what this essentially means is uh, for $2, you can put a wormhole where you've put uh, mechs or whatever, right? You, at the, at, for the cost of a mech, you can move these things. I think it's a useful ability, but I also think Ghosts is a faction that needs good ground forces. Like, I think a lot of times you just want your mechs to fight in combat right. and you're not looking to go removing them or anything like that. Uh, I will say it's definitely like kind of a round five consideration. You like make sure they're spread right. out. They're there to defend your stuff, which you're very focused on defense all game. You you have stuff in wormholes. You're worried about people coming through those wormholes. So some mech defenses are a great thing to have. And then at the end of the game, you're like, oop. Let me let me upend like the what you thought you could do or whatever. Or let me change one right. aspect. You are not using your mechs all the time to move wormholes around. I bet you do it right. twice max in a game or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. It, they're a little expensive, yeah. um, and also, I mean, depending on the meta, yeah, uh, you could just use yeah. your. You your have a IFF lot of other to tools. A uh, you got yeah. a lot of other tools at your disposal. Also, sometimes having the mechs out makes it harder to use those tools, which we'll talk about Creus IFF in just a second. But sometimes I've been in games where people don't trust a Creus IFF deal because they're like, you have mechs on the board. You'll just remove right. it later. And this is going to be the key to you have to establish the vibe as yeah. we're chill, dude. I'm your friend. Ghosts are here to help everybody. And you got to stick to that. You got to mean it. Or else people will do weird stuff like that to you and be like, I don't want to buy anything from ghosts because they might betray me. Just don't. Just how about just don't betray people until like yeah. the last moment of the game? I think I, they are kind of um, a little more. They're not a money faction, but they are a little more prone to boat float, I think, for that reason, because yeah. they really excel in, in the last round yep. if everything's going right. So you should probably play nice until then. Yep. Um, speaking of Creus IFF, let's talk about it. It is their faction promissory note, um, and it reads, at the start of your turn during the action phase, place or move a Creus wormhole token into either a system that contains a planet you control or a non-home system that does not contain another player's Ships. Ships. I feel like the exceptions here get messed up a lot. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. They definitely do. It's hard. It's like really easy round one to work out like how this works. The hardest part is having a neighbor to give this to to move it around or whatever. But beyond that, like all of the board has nothing on it, right? You can get the IFF all over. But yeah, in those like mid game rounds, you have to like constantly remind people where they can and cannot do it. So on Hunter's right. turn, Hunter could put a wormhole anywhere he's got ships or he can put a wormhole anywhere where there are no ships at all which right. means the iff is a little bit weird from ghosts perspective because it means i cannot use the wormhole tokens to put stuff in my space if i'm already there 
The goal is to use it to put it somewhere I'm not yet, but I'm going to. And then now I have the, I have that space secured as a good little wormhole uh, spot. The other thing I will note here is we have that gamma wormhole token now. Uh, and gamma wormholes are funny because they are actually the thing that benefits other players like more than you. You don't slipstream off of gamma wormholes. Right. Really, the only place to go through a gamma wormhole is malice unless like the frontier, ex- you know, up until multiple explorers generate them or whatever. Um, so the gamma is definitely the one that like I think the rest of the table is kind of encouraged to use in, in a myriad of ways. Whereas like the alpha and betas, I'm a little bit protected of i want everybody to use the wormholes all the time but i always want the alpha and beta to come back to me eventually whereas the gamma is just like that thing can go wherever who cares let it let it let it be honestly i i like letting them put the gamma in a juicy system absolutely just because i know if i want to agent into that system later i i could for sure yeah 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 the agent means every wormhole is always useful in some way and honestly like that's the logic to all wormholes is the variables in ti change constantly no matter what so an ever-shifting wormhole network is just part of that ever-shifting variability i don't play ghosts with some notion of like the wormholes are here and now i know where all the stuff is and i'm gonna play with the stuff there it's like nah man just it just shifts on the wind and at every possible moment you think about where you could go now or where you might want to go later and just work it out when it comes up brother (laughs) yeah it's true they're a commodity four faction we'll say that yeah we'll say Um, that well i I, i'll I'll throw this in here uh the reason commodity four is listed here is uh uh that's good money right for four commodities is the top dollar and uh if you're if you're struggling with iff shenanigans there's some pocket change to like if you have to move stuff around you can uh i this is where i think ghosts is a relatively economic faction the iff i don't know that we sell for cash very often but we have four commodities and we probably get malice like we have we have money so I think we, like you said earlier, we're a boat floater. We, we need to come yeah. into the game with a boat float mentality. Yeah, I agree. Also, I feel like IFF, you kind of just want people to use yep. it. It doesn't really matter Absolutely. if you're making money on it. Them using it is going to be good for it's you, good. especially if we're in the early mid game. Yeah. Um, in the late game, you might have a specific thing you want them to do. Yeah. Right. But for now, it's just kind of like, oh, I don't, I mean, having it out there is going to be helpful. Yep. Even if it helps them, it's going to help you too. Exactly. It always helps you. It's because again, it's always good and it's always a little bit bad. Every wormhole yeah. has a downside. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why give it to somebody for some amount of money when they're like, yeah, but I could get stabbed with it. And you're like, you're totally right. How about you just have it for free and we'll see if we can make, if we can both make use of it in, in good ways. Yeah. It's true. All right. Let's talk about the leader suite. Yep. Um, first up is the agent. Emissary Tyvra. Tavra? Tavra. Maybe Tavra? I like Tyvra. I'm going to say hmm. Tyvra. They are the the Azure Whisper. Hmm. The Azure Whisper. <clears throat> After a player activates a system that contains a non-Delta wormhole, mm-hmm. you may exhaust this card. If you do... I, lo- I, I love that card. <laughs> if you do... Well, of course... I, what, what are you even saying? <laughs> If you do, that system is adjacent to all other systems that contain a wormhole during this tactical action. Why does it say I if know. you do? What is that? Why is that in there? It's like well, if, yeah, if, of course. If, I mean, we're talking about using the component. At the start of every single ability in the game, let's put, if you feel like it, you could do this. 
That's uh, funny. So this agent is, of course, the key to uh, solving our round one problems. Uh, the malice tile on the board starts with a gamma wormhole on it. That is how you access. Once you've flipped it over, you have the alpha and beta. But at the start of the game, you have the gamma, which means nobody can get there except ghosts can just activate it flip right. their agent and send whatever they want from home to there. They, those two systems are directly adjacent to each other. Their home system and malice for uh, that timing window are uh, for, for that tactical action. They are adjacent to each other. Uh, so this right. is the key to like you can always round one send your carrier to malice and then immediately flip malice for two trade goods. Right. So you're guaranteed two extra bucks on top of your four bucks at home. You start with right. six dollars if you want to. If you if you want to go to malice first, sometimes you can wait longer. Sometimes it's better to wait longer. Sometimes you need to go there right away. I don't know. Right. We'll talk a lot about that. Uh, round one ghosts is a is a constantly a weird little finicky puzzle. Uh, but this is like the key to having an OK round one is ghosts. The, the main idea being you can always uh, basically tech sling relay and then you're like a dollar away from affording a, another carrier your second carrier so as long as you can like somehow find another dollar through trade or whatever you can have two c4i right you do not have to do the warfare secondary to have like a relatively comfortable round one basically right i think it's a very interesting agent really just for for that reason but it you know i would say my advice on this is to not sleep on it and don't forget about it yep. um it, it does have a lot of mid game and late game application as well if you just remember that you can use it yeah a lot of people i think get in a bad habit of thinking the only purpose of this is to get me to malice round one. Yeah, right. and it, it it has more it's functionality. Than that. I mean, this is the other reason you just want those wormholes tossing out all the time. You want all three of your wormhole tokens on the map because that's just more viable targets for this ability, right. basically. Right. All right. Let's talk about the commander who is Sai uh, Severus. Severus. Nope. Sai <laughs> Severus. I'm gonna Snape. do Sai. Sai. <laughs> Cerevis, the gate warden. Mm -hmm. um, and the unlock for this is to have units in three systems that contain alpha or beta wormholes. And the ability is after your ships move for each ship that has a capacity value and moved through one or more wormholes, you may place one fighter from your reinforcements with that ship if you have unused capacity in the active system. There are um, two keys that happen yeah. right at the end of that ability. Right. So the right. ability almost seems like, oh, man, every time my stuff goes through a wormhole, I get a fighter, which is like almost true. Um, it's notable that you don't get a fighter per wormhole. It's per ship, per ship with capacity. Right. Per ship. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the active system means, no, you cannot retreat out of a wormhole, go through that wormhole to another system and spawn a fighter because the, the right. system you're going to is not the active system. So no, no fighter can be generated. And the other thing is that you have to have unused capacity. So this is like a fighter spawning ability. Fighter two seems really great and it is, but you don't get to spawn fighter twos if you have no capacity left. So if your ships are full of infantry and you right. go through wormholes, you won't be spawning any fighters extra. So uh, you have to think a little bit more of fighter two as like a slug trail kind of ability where it's like I went I, I went through this early on right in, in, in round right. two or three. I went through this to like my production center. I spawned a couple fighters. Those fighters are going to stay there because I don't really ever need to transport fighters 
because when I go through the wormholes, I'm spawning the fighters on the other side. So your your, right. your fighters always like stay where you where you spawn them at for later use or whatever. Like if you get fighter two, I'm saying. Yeah, I think this is one of the components that we uh, when we did our like um, kind of going yeah. around all of the factions, kind of not. I guess POK update type episodes that we did. This is one of the components that I feel like we underestimated. Mm -hmm. um, it is a good way for Ghost of Creus to kind of catch up on maybe some production uh, pitfall yeah. that they may have like experienced in the mid game. Um, I also feel like it definitely locks in the idea that this is a carrier two faction yep. uh, that basically like doesn't have to play a really solid early game yeah and can still like make a lot happen Definitely. in that late game yeah 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 i mean it's pretty nuts when you like get a good fleet supply and you send like two carriers and two dreads to a system and then suddenly four more fighters show up right like you have mm -hmm. this just like generative hp screen anywhere you want right. to go because you're you're very much relying on going through wormholes as often as possible with this ability the new way to play ghost is like absolutely get all those wormholes out of them and do stupid stuff the other reason you want carrier two that we'll talk about later is that's a one more bonus movement you do the dumb stuff where you're like uh i jump through this alpha back to the other one and then to the system next door just right. so that i can yes. spawn the fighter or whatever you yes. do so many dumb little shenanigans to like get these little extra bonus fighters out there um i'll also say that in terms of that friendly meta with the board uh, this commander have, being an alliance ability we can do. Uh, the, the unlock for this commander is three systems that contain alpha or beta wormholes. Malice is one, right? We need two more. Now, maybe you have alpha, you, you, maybe you have wormholes in your slice, but I'll talk about this later. I don't prefer that. I would rather IFF some tokens into my slice and I would rather have right. a buddy to do that. The easiest way to pay a friend to let you unlock your commander is to just give them the alliance and say, if you help right. me unlock it, you'll have it as well. And we'll just both use that ability. So you got to find somebody. I mean, the only person you're going to be able to trade with is in a wormhole too, probably because you're right. trading with them through malice. So it's a very easy deal to find. You go through malice, somebody else is in a wormhole and you say, Hey, look, we both got like kind of a wormhole thing going on. You get my if tokens down, we'll swap. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll give you the alliance and we will like make this work kind of all game long or whatever. And we can just always be moving the IFF around to help each other. Yeah. That, I mean, that I would love to be the other person in that yeah. relationship too. Actually, that sounds like a very good deal for them. Free fighters and free use of wormholes is going to help you accomplish a lot yep. of objectives. All right, let's get to that hero. Um, this is <laughs> probably, Probably where Dane was having the most fun as a designer, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. That, like, thus far, the most fun we've ever seen Dane have mm -hmm. is probably the ghost hero, which is, of course, uh, Riftwalker, Mayan, Shaleri, Guardian. Um, the uh, Udlock is, of course, have three scored objectives, as always. I want to read the flavor text. The Creus have unsurpassed command of wormhole technology. True. But enough to warp the very bounds of space? <laughs> Preposterous. <laughs> like some sort of dialogue happening uh -huh. there. Uh-huh. Um, and yes, of course, the ability is called Singularity Reactor, the changing of the ways, and it is an action. Swap the positions of any two systems that contain wormholes or your units. Mm -hmm. Other than the Creus system and the wormhole nexus. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Then purge this card. Any system with a hexagon as its shape, not the weird little wings. And don't yes. talk to me about the stupid things you can do. Muat can blow up a system tile. You can blow up Malice and then shut up. Doesn't matter. Okay. Well, nobody, nobody does that. There's no value to it. But uh, mm -hmm. I love this hero. This is a great hero. Uh, it's it's obviously goofy time fun, uh, but it's also yeah. extraordinarily useful. Um, yes. Moving your stuff anywhere, like to, to swap to one spot is going to be useful. People, I think early on were like, oh my gosh, you can move Mechatol, which sometimes you can. Sometimes that's useful. What I think we've found is the actual biggest benefit of this is there are a number of control objectives that this trivializes, basically. Three on the edge, well, I have all of my system, oh, I have a bunch of, I have like a stack of units adjacent to Mechatol. Uh, except not anymore. Now I'm going to swap that with a wormhole on the edge. And now I have uh, one extra system tile on the edge. That's like basically a, a no a non-starter. Like nobody can get in there. Uh, there's a lot of control objectives where you can swap. And then you're next to the thing you need to go to now suddenly, right? Oh, I need to brave the void. Oh, I need to darken the skies. Let me just swap this right next to somebody's uh, home system. If anything, this is like a reason everybody needs to be like gumming a lot when ghosts is yeah. in the game. But Gum doesn't even fully save you because as long as the wormhole is there, I can do whatever I want. Um, I, I again, I think the strength of a ghost game is playing extraordinarily friendly and not being cheeky and mean because then you just won't get to use the stuff in the good way. Whereas if right. you're freely floating and you're moving the IFF around and the wormholes all mm -hmm. over, people will just kind of forget the hero is like a big deal or whatever, or they'll, or they'll just be willing to accept it as a cost, right? if you right. if you really like threaten it all game they're like well then i'm not gonna let your wormholes end up like anywhere near me or whatever but if you're constantly giving them the benefits of those wormholes for free then that alpha just kind of gets left there at the 11th hour and then swippity swap oh i get to go to your home system or whatever yeah um it also just enables like the weirdest like most interesting winslay yeah. like plays yeah. i think that you can <laughs> experience uh -huh. um i recently was playing it was one of my qualifier games and i was cooking up a winslay scenario and i proposed we do something really crazy with the hero and just one of the other players just a, was a, just like you're an idiot like he was just like he was just like straight up like and it was so it was he was so confident in how much he thought i was an idiot uh -huh. and i was like oh i must have like messed up my logic here uh -huh. and no i was right and, like it was like very doable like yeah. but it was but it just didn't that hero i think just kind of throws people for a loop oh and also i mean he let's be real like i was a hater but <laughs> obviously he was looking for his opportunity to call me an idiot it uh -huh. made him very happy but i do think that there is an aspect of this hero that is like kind of it it messes your brain up a little bit yeah. because we're swapping two systems we could do that for a lot of different reasons. Yes, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like there's there's the like kind of catapult functionality of like, I'm going to have all of my units here and I'm going to move them to the person that I win slay. Yeah. There's the opposite where it's like, I'm moving the thing I want to destroy into my area yeah. and now I'm going to destroy it. Like so many different ways yeah. uh, that you can play with uh, with this little device. Very, very fun. I will never forget the first time I ever saw it used was I think Magi in a play test. And my first thought 
was there's no way this is gonna make it yeah yeah i, was like, this is <laughs> I not. can't believe you've done this there's no there's no way <laughs> i was like there's no way this is gonna make it into the final product yeah. and here we are right uh the the craziest thing to it is obviously too like if if people got saucy enough like you can move someone's home system to somewhere really stupid um this is probably the biggest reason you like players will never allow that to happen they will not go so far as plopping an alpha in their home system because that is begging for the hero to move it uh but beyond that like it should just be a comfortable thing also like sometimes that gamma just pops above mechatol as part of the agenda or whatever there's there's so many things there's so there's so many wormholes can get out there again play with the iff because it just enables this ability the thing you need to do as ghosts is get the wormholes out there because it's just it's it's an a way to explore the opportunities right absolutely well let's talk about their faction tech um they have uh they have two uh-huh. like normal uh <laughs> be crazy if they had more than <laughs> yeah wouldn't it be nuts if just for some reason ghosts had more that'd be weird um first up is called dimensional splicer this is an old favorite um it is a red tech um and it costs one red in order to research it yep um and it reads at the start of a space combat in a system that contains a wormhole and one or more of your ships you may produce one hit and assign it to one of your opponent's ships. Yeah. You assign the hit. That's yeah. really good. This is a great tech. This is a this is a super good tech. It's too bad it's one red prerequisite. If if this were like really easily accessible, I would I would get it often, especially because I'm playing with wormholes like in my junk like in my slice i want in the wormholes junk. there yeah. and this is a great defense people don't want to that you can't just send a carrier into ghosts if you have this tech right i can just hit your carrier and kill it or whatever right um so it is good but uh i love this priorata we got from uh halosh's valifar z token they say i like glowing blue tech as ghosts because the problems that are solved by red tech can also just be solved by building more units and uh that is this is like the last critical part of like my uh my thesis to this guide dimensional splicer is good i even played a game where like i don't remember the setup but i just had easy access to dimensional splicer maybe i was i was testing ai dev maybe it was a game where i just like went for AI, ai dev so dimensional splicer was sitting right there i had a moment i could have researched it i chose something else the second I chose something else, somebody attacked my stuff, and they would not have if I had had Dimensional Splicer. To Halosh's point, they also might not have if I just had more plastic. But it was like round two. I mean, it's kind of a little bit hard to have. So I, I got I got sniped a little bit early because I didn't do this. I, I I think it's a great tech, but only if it's like a a very very cheap skip or something. And I, and and that's rare. That's not what red skips usually look like. So I I don't yeah. think you get it too often even if I do think it's pretty good. I do not think it is pretty good. (laughs) I just want to push back a little bit and say that I think that being able to assign the hit is not enough. The fact that it happens at the start of space combat is, I think, inherently the problem. Uh Of course, I want to assign the hit to your juicy carrier and blow all the stuff up. But really, how many combats is it that that is going to actually sway anything? Uh Uh-huh. Like the, well, and the they know that, right? The, so if they need the system, they bring an extra carrier. Like they, <laughs> you well, just bring the extra thing. May, maybe not, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, if it was at the end of movement uh-huh. or something, I, that would be cool because then they would have to check 
capacity first. Uh-huh. But the fact that we're in combat right, means... Right, the fighters are there, it's all... Yeah. Yeah. That we, yeah, sure, we can assign the hit to the carrier, uh, and that was, you know, traditionally going to be the last thing we were going to kill. Yeah. But it's not like the combat is now going to be won because I removed a bunch of HP. Uh-huh. It is just a hit. Right. And it doesn't trigger again. So the fact that the Phil Collinch uh rolls one on a five oh because of this yeah so annoying is kind of pointless yep i wish it was at the end of movement like before combat i would mm-hmm. love to assign this hit right so that then we got to figure out capacity we got to rework some stuff maybe it kills like way more than that yeah but it's it's too finicky we're yeah. talking about it's got to be in a wormhole uh already and it's just at the start of space combat. I just think it hurts it. Yeah. It, I mean, it That's definitely all. does, uh, which is why nowadays it's more fun to talk about uh, their other tech, which got an Omega upgrade yes. in a codex. Yes. So let's talk about Wormhole Generator Omega. It is a blue tech. It costs two blue. It reads, action. Exhaust this card to place or move a Creus Wormhole token into either a system that contains a planet you control or a non-home system that does not contain another player's ship. So this is the Creus IFF that you can use yourself. Uh, you can only do it once per round, which the advantage of Creus IFF is just like, ah, sling that thing around, the wormholes are moving mm-hmm. all over the place. But with ghosts, you can get this tech, and once per round, you can just like plop that wormhole where you need it. Very often, you're bringing it back to some system where you want those things to get slipstream, right? The whole point right. is put it somewhere so I have bonus movement to go somewhere else, almost definitely. Uh, it's also a stall. Uh, Ghost has become a bit of a stall faction because we yeah. haven't talked about it yet, but we almost definitely get sling relay around one. Oh yeah. Some sometimes we like go for det first instead or something, but we almost always get sling relay first. Uh, and then we have this. That's two stalls uh, because we get sling relay or because we definitely get a second blue tech early. We always have access to this. So my logic with wormhole generator is it's always sitting right there. You don't need to get it round three. You you do have other more pressing demands, but like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Round four or five, if tech pops and you're like looking at the board and you got nothing else, yeah, grab grab yourself wormhole generator if if you've got like the spare funds or whatever. I think it is the perfect like extra little tech ghosts can get. I think they have some needs, and this is number one want tech for them. Yeah, I I actually am going to back you up here and say that I think what I like about this is gen- generally when I play ghosts, I can't get that hookup of the uh, IFF just going wherever I want yeah. and people just like letting me have the wormholes. For sure. So this is a way that whenever the players have said, you know, like, we're just not going to deal with you. We don't want to have anything to do with you. We don't want to talk to you. Yep. We don't want to be your friend. We don't want to be nice <laughs> to you. You're an idiot. You can just research this yep. and be like, oh, okay, well, I can still right. move the wormholes around a little bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do think it obviously helps set up for the hero play. Yep. Um, it gives you stall once it's stall time. I think it makes sense. I do think that if you're in a nice meta where you're getting away with a lot, you probably don't need it. Right. But it just depends on the situation, the, right? The biggest reason to get it, even in that context, again, I'm only really doing it if I'm like feeling like I can afford extra tech or whatever, but... That faucet always turns off eventually, basically. Even if you're having a friendly IFF game rounds one through three, at some point they're going to want to turn the faucet off on you, which is why then like you do want this tech in round five, basically. I I think of this tech as like a fleet logistics kind of thing where it's like, I'll be happy I have it probably in in that end game scenario where I just got to make stuff happen on my own or whatever. 
Right. I I will say my my only criticism of thinking of it that way is that it is you're spending four resources yeah. on it. And if you're only going to use it once, right. then you could have just used your mech, you right. know? It's sure. Like the Two same. bucks would have been the mech thing, essentially. Depending on where you need that wormhole. Uh, which right. it's like perfectly likely that the mech is home activating slipstream, which is what you wanted or whatever. So I yeah. I, I, I do agree. Um uh, it's why it's not a, a like it's certainly not a need for me. Uh, it's just like a, it's a really handy one. And if and again, like you said, if the meta sort of dictates it, basically, you'll mm-hmm. feel it. You'll know. You'll know the trades aren't happening or whatever. And it's like, all right, I'm playing a by myself ghost game today. Time to get wormhole generator. The thing uh, I will say, the reason I I isolated the hero is like I think it's it's helpful setting up for the hero. Um, is that in a situation where you have fleet logistics, you can really kind of use. Um, wormhole generator and then hero to like kind of suddenly be like all right i'm actually doing this you yeah. didn't even know i was going to do this right. now you, now it's too late um and the mech specifically is after any player activates a system right. you can't use the mech to directly set up for the hero i mean i guess you could if it was actually you could it you would just do an activation the and then do the hero or whatever it's a little weird <laughs> it's, funny. it's yeah. like it's it's just a little bit weirder yeah. um and, and yeah i would say i would say it's it's an optional, useful tech, but not in all the time. Absolutely. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. So let's let's summarize then. Let's talk about kind of our problems as the ghosts. I think first and foremost, we have, I'll call theoretical plastic problems. We start yeah. with bad plastic. We start down a carrier and with just two destroyers as opposed to like a cruiser or something that would be a little bit right. more meat. Um, so... Uh, we we need to fix that, and we also very easily, just by the nature of wanting to use our abilities, we can spread out in ugly ways. We we can end up in systems that are not able to back each other up and reinforce each other in as convenient a ways, right? We we can ex- overextend to a system that doesn't have a wormhole in it, and that stuff is a little bit stranded there or whatever. So I think there's a game long focus and need to really make sure you're building plastic this is the biggest reason i'm like do not overthink tech all the tech fans out there i i think it is a problem for ghosts to over invest in tech i think you get like three or four techs and you just stop uh and and you have the things that are good movement is what you get tech for you start with movement there's a couple little bonuses you can add to that but i don't think you need to go uh crazy on it now this depends on the slice if you if you're if you get the money if you get resources then you're you're going to be able to do both. I am very much a command counter forward player, so I'm very often having to like make that choice because I just really want to overinvest in command counters. Mm-hmm. So I will generally like not research a tech in maybe like round four because I'm just like it's I, I need to make sure I've got the plastic where it needs to be, and it's not just build enough plastic. It's put the plastic where it needs to be. Like you got to defend all of your spaces with wormholes and everything like that. You, you know, to leave those territories like really scant and undefended is sort of begging people to come hit you. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, you know, one of the main reasons that people need to research tech is to figure movement out, mm-hmm. right? And we we already have that. We are good. So yeah, this is, this is about having the plastic. Yep. Um, unless you're like... Some weirdo who, I mean, I feel like I've played games with, I, I, not to mention Magi again, Magi was going through this like phase where he was like playing ghosts a lot. And I still actually think he kind of favors ghosts quite a bit. And I've just played, I played against him where he will just have no plastic and will somehow like make it work. But I would say for the most part, you shouldn't 
play that way. You, <laughs> That's you probably, very risky. <laughs> yeah, it's very risky to play that way. So I would definitely figure out how to get uh, more plastic. Yep. Um, you know, which is why I think the I think that's one of the reasons that like us overlooking the commander in the past mm-hmm. was like such a crime because it's like, well, listen, this is like actually yep. sort of an answer to one of your problems. Absolutely. It's not, you know, an answer on its own, but it's helping you with yeah. a critical issue. It's not the answer. I will say this is a good point to note here. Uh, when building, uh, don't forget that your commander. If you, if you get the right setup, that's the qualifier. If you have the wormholes where they kind of need to be, like, in your slice. I think of wormhole tokens like dimensional tears, basically. Where right. it's like, these are here, and I sort of have a little network I bounce between all the time. And I'm just using them in these crazy, complicated, jump back and forth ways. And the thing I run into very often, uh, because I'm stupid and bad at plastic, is... You're not stupid. You don't need to build fighters because uh, you'll get them. You'll get the fighters. And what I right. run into very often is, oh, an early build. I feel a little light. Maybe I don't have quite enough money. Let me build some fighters right now. And then the next round, there's no feasible way for me to even use the commander, which is just a waste yeah. of money, right? Those should have been destroyers or something else. Like it just should have been some other kind of unit. You absolutely will end up with enough fighters. Uh, so I, yeah. uh, if you want to build a cheap unit, build more ground forces, buddy. Uh, more you will need forces. those. <laughs> yeah i will say this so one one shorthand thing i haven't figured out how to like put this in any particular episode and i don't know if i've ever mentioned this before but one of the shorthand things i like to do anytime in a game that i that i do think is a good thing to do is just count how many ground forces your opponent has yeah because it is like a hard limit on how much damage they can do right they can at most take as many planets as they have infantry that are unactivated right so you can really kind of summarize very quickly how much evil someone can do and a lot of times when i'm playing against a ghost player if i count the ground forces i'll be like well yeah sure they can get anywhere like, <laughs> what are they gonna what do are with they that gonna power? do when they get there yeah <laughs> like, absolutely this is why i talk about the mechs as like uh, don't think about the wormholes so much because very yeah, often the true. mech is your key to taking any planet anywhere because otherwise you just aren't gonna do it like you're not gonna yeah. you, you don't have the ground for the infantry to do it um i'll also make mention here again this is uh wormholes are our blessing and our curse uh any access we have to wormholes is access somebody else has to us, uh, and this this is something we have to keep in mind all the time. It's part of this defensive thing, but it's also talking about opportunity, and uh, you can drown yourself in the notions yeah. of opportunity, and you can have really bad analysis paralysis as ghosts, and so sometimes you have to just sort of, like, stick to a couple of ideas and not overthink every potential option, but if you're a fast enough thinker, well, by gum, the options will be there uh, in the mid and late game. But let's talk about our strengths, uh, which we've uh, talked plenty about the movement. Um, It it makes us good at so many control objectives. Uh, There's just so many things we definitely can find a way to do, even Mm -hmm. if it's a little bit dicey or whatever. Um, It just requires a little bit of creativity and possibly some assistance. And luckily we have a lot of non-binding ways to get that assistance. <laughs> but the key is non-binding, and that's why the key is play fast and friendly and a and a good pal to everybody. Let yeah. people use the IFF tokens in any way they want, hopefully as long as it's not targeting you. The other benefit that I think other people will overstate, but definitely exists, is if you're giving free access to wormholes, people are probably going through those wormholes into other people's 
wormholes to do damage to them and hopefully not you, which means the two players are going down in their total plastic supply while you remain constant or hopefully improve, right? You want your neighbors, you want your enemies at the table to attack each other. So why not constantly get the IFF out there to encourage them to sort of get in each other's way? Yeah, I think that uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and thus far, I'm really happy. This is a great guy. I'm having fun. I'm having a great time. By the way, just want to take a second <laughs> a great time. to review. Go a great time. It's easy this to have great. a good time. Uh, you also do have a good economy. I I would say. I mean, you can. Yeah, you're you get malice early. Malice is like at worst. Uh, I mean, you probably you probably take malice and you rarely lose it like right away round two, right? Mm-hmm. So you're getting like a token out of malice and four trade goods, right? You're getting yeah. two the round you get That's it and great. two next round. That's super great value for like a thing, a carrier you tossed out there last round. Hopefully you can like retreat out or something and not even lose it if someone decides they do need malice. What happens plenty of time though is people don't find a use for malice for like a lot of the early game. Not There's right. not always everybody chomping at the bit to attack ghosts on malice, especially if you are giving access to those wormhole tokens. They can like find other things maybe to do or you can always negotiate with people. But uh, you also, again, four resources at home and you get to prioritize the best systems near you early on. Whereas everybody else is like, well, I'll send the dread to Wellen and I'll have Wellen right. or whatever. You're like, I take a Cohen jail ear and I take Cusin Rare on both of my equidistance or something. And uh, the, that's, uh, hey, that's a killer economy, basically. So you you get to be choosy round one and two. And then, like, as long as you focus on then reinforcing that, that's like the power of a strong game. A lot of people talk about ghosts as not having the same kind of slice that everybody else has. I don't want you to go crazy with that mentality. You don't, your slice is not in someone else's slice. Don't get bold. Don't get mean. But. Right you get to stretch the bounds of your slice a little bit if it means uh, financial advantages. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Do we want to take a quick break and then we can talk about strategy cards? Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. It's time to talk uh, round one strategy cards and what we're trying to do round one. And I, I want to lead this off with some things we've already kind of said, but I want to drive home the point of like what our actual goals are round one. And that'll right. dictate what the strategy cards are doing, because honestly, I have an incredibly tricky time with ghosts round one. The reason is because the sort of possibility space is huge. And yeah. then boxes, <laughs> like opportunities get like unchecked as you go, right? right? As as the round plays out, you lose access to many, many, many things. So you have to like start very wide with what could happen. But like you always invariably end up with like, ah, okay, I'm going to take two systems. <laughs> and that's going to just be going to have a right. chill round one. You very <laughs> often. But the scariest part of ghosts is you can even get screwed out of that chill take two systems that's the fear right. like it can also go all the way down into very bad round one territory so you can have an incredible round one or a pretty disastrous round one i would say as ghosts yeah uh and all, all things are possible depending on how uh much your table doesn't like you basically <laughs> which is again another evidence of why you need to just be a friend a pal be a buddy uh yeah. right yeah, you could you could have a hard time taking two systems, and you can also take custodians round one. 
like and a, like two other you could take custodians round one and like and like two other systems or whatever or like you can like get four systems round one as ghosts yeah. or whatever there's just so much Why that not? can happen it's it's stupid but let's talk about what the like proper focus is you are almost definitely taking malice because it's just it's sitting right there and essentially malice is as good as any two planet system you can reach right it's three influence next round and it's two resources there are many systems that are a tier systems in the system tile (laughs) right tier list or whatever that are like essentially that amount of value right you you Mm -hmm. have tekaran torkan just sitting right there in the in the uh accessible to you and nobody else can get there before you no matter what right um right so malice features heavily in every plan and on top of that is the notion of you probably get sling relay because you have four bucks at home. You can get sling relay. The the problem, the thing, the area where things get dicey is malice is only two dollars, which means uh, your home system and malice alone do not get you the second carrier you need. Right. So your other goal is to find trade good number three, basically, right. or dollar right. number three, whatever that means. Industrial planets can be great for this. Uh, hazardous planets can be helpful for this, can be great for this. Trade happening pleasantly is perfect for this. That, But that's like the mentality, okay? So let's go through the strategy cards and talk about kind of what what happens with each one. Uh, leadership is, I think, a late pick option to help make sure we don't get stalled out of things uh, because maybe tech wants to stall people out. It might not might be just targeting you. They might be stalling multiple people out. I, I've been at games where Nasroka is there. People love to stall Nasroka out of tech if they can manage it. It's a little bit hard to stall Nasroka out of tech, but it is possible. They don't have the money at home right away. The, the inverse is maybe they just pop it early on Nasroka, which is uh, great for you. But in general, yeah. a tech stall is more or less the worst thing that can happen to you. The way I would put it is uh, a tech stall can, stall can hurt you, but then the warfare will help you. Uh, it's you, you always can just do the secondary of warfare and back yourself back up or whatever. But uh, with leadership, I think uh, you are also really hoping maybe Diplo is in play for just like bonus money. Leadership lets you do the secondary of Diplo tech and warfare if if needed. And I would say that's a pretty great scenario with Ghost because like we said, we just want like a lot of plastic on the board right. uh, as fast right. as possible. So in those situations, if Diplo was like third pick or something, what I don't know why that would necessarily be the case, maybe fourth pick and your sixth pick. Uh, I like leadership. Uh, I do all the things. I take malice. I pop leadership. I probably even send a destroyer out to try to uh, further make trade happen if necessary. I receive my trade goods from uh, trade. I text sling relay. You can do all of the things with leadership is more or less what I'm trying to say. It's not necessarily getting you way ahead but it's like a safety pick it's a safe like you'll be able to accomplish the two systems you need to take or whatever you might not do more you probably won't have less happen to you so it's just it's a safe bet basically can i say the crit the critical thing i think about playing with leadership is i would be a little scared if diplo does not get picked for sure for you yep and i think a lot of the times leadership is decided before diplo mm-hmm. is decided yeah usually so i almost would I'm tempted to almost say like you are actually better served taking Diplo for the stability. Yeah. Now this is not. I love the the ceiling is higher mm-hmm. on leadership, right? right? Right. Oh, you're kind of describing a list of things. There's like a couple things that for could sure. go wrong here. There's a, there's a, there's a number. Well, I I would say there's a number of things that could go wrong with like reaching the heights, but I don't see a way leadership 
doesn't lead to us getting two planet, two systems, I should say. That's true. Like, you we leadership, got that we will not be screwed out of the other stuff. <laughs> we might have to waste the token, yes. but we will get yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Diplo is if we really feel we need the money, uh, you'd love to like maybe negotiate an early tech, basically. Uh, but this one is, this Diplo is, the biggest problem with Diplo is this is might be the issue you come to is uh, you might be uh, wanting to take malice right away. But then mm -hmm. for a little bit, your only Diplo option is your home system and malice. Right. And that's not a, and that's unattractive. That's right quite there. bad. That's not helpful. Uh, if if I was able to like, you know, if tech did pop early and I turned that around and I could get the four bucks back, I, I like that. And if anything, if I can get the token off of Malice, then it's like, okay, fine, I guess. But the problem with Diplo is that need to, like, take a different system first. And, like, when Diplo is in your hands, the timings all have to be perfect. And that is hard. That's hard to do. Uh, so Diplo is one of the areas where I can see you getting screwed on taking enough planets, maybe. With Diplo, yeah. I almost probably don't do malice and i go for that best system in range yeah. and you just go for yeah you get if you get barrigler to four then okay i'm not going to take malice round one but i'll barrigler to four i'll diplo that back i'll build a bunch of stuff at home off of warfare i'll still t and then maybe you do still get malice or whatever but you you're maybe not a malice first uh with diplo but you need tech to not screw you over and i think there's just always a complicated relationship between diplo tech and warfare and like those three people are always asking for different timings and like two of them come out ahead basically it's true it's true i do feel like the diplo player generally gets they're like all right i'm popping diplo yeah so now you all do your thing type because i feel mm -hmm. like diplo is the one that always everybody wants to go first it, yeah not always i should not say always sure but i feel like I feel like more often than not, that will be the case. And especially if you have a tech player that's trying to do some sort of complicated skip. Yep. Hopefully you can come up with a deal, Yes. I feel like. But yep. maybe not with both players. Maybe with just one. I think the rule with Diplo for any faction, like Diplo is a good card, but you got to negotiate what Diplo means to the table before you grab it. <laughs> yeah, Don't figure true. that out after the fact. That That is when Diplo becomes a nuisance. It's like, oh, we didn't talk about this. And suddenly all of our timings are jacked up. If you, before you grab Diplo, are like, listen, I want to take Diplo and I want it to happen at this timing. How, is that going to work? And then everybody kind of right. goes, all right, we can all, we will account for that and we'll make it work or whatever. And then you can have the friendly round one. I wish I got to play like that. I feel like I don't have access to that style of, yeah. of play um, because the more, I mean, I think this is also true of you. Like the more we talk, the more people yep. are just kind of generally upset. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about politics. Yeah. Um... I feel like politics is, I, I I don't have strong feelings about politics. I feel like, Hunter, you're going to have, I, I feel like you'll have a take on it as well that I'll find useful. I don't like it. I don't like it much at all. It is, it you you know, Ghosts has movement. You yeah. definitely can Mechatol round two uh, as a as like an option. But nowadays, there's like somebody at the table that can probably Mechatol uh, round one. <laughs> that happens so often these days. But then even well. outside of that, I think politics is the biggest trap for having a bad round one, basically. Like, I think politics, the timings and the money you need and where you need stuff, I just feel like politics is like the worst spot. And the best way to get out of those sorts of situations is selling the speaker token one backwards. And now you're denying yourself Mechatol round two by doing that or whatever. So in, in another breath, I would say politics is a way to like trade just got taken. 
you take politics so that you can sell the speaker to trade. Trade will give you some extra money and you just use that to have a set up good round one. And then round two, I don't know, you take the best thing for the objectives. It's not necessarily a leadership mechatol thing. Your second pick, maybe you've negotiated quote unquote first pick. The other person's going to leave right. something for you. I don't think that usually pertains to mechatol, although sometimes it does. But I, I think you take politics when you just like want a solid foundation for next round kind of. I don't really enjoy taking politics with a faction that is that has some sort of critical problem exactly. round one that they need to solve. Right. I don't think it's I don't think it's worth being like, I'll solve it round two. Yeah. It's like, well, like the the if you have an early game problem, the faster you solve it, the yep. better that kind of I don't know, it like spirals out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, the money you make goes, round one is money you spend round two, right? Yeah, and that's a true. lot. That's like exponentially more, basically. Like it's it's quite a bit more money to earn. Yeah. And I would hate to take politics as ghosts and then just to find out that Hakan figured out how to do yeah. custodians round one. Or I don't. I mean, if you're doing that with Mahawked in the game, like what's the what are you even doing? Right, of what's course. the point? Yeah. Or, the, the, or Argent or somebody like there's that. There's like four or five factions where it's just like a non-starter. You're not. Yeah. They are gonna do. They'll figure out Mechatol, especially in like a boat floating meta that you are encouraging. Right. We're ghosts. Right. We're actively encouraging the boat you floating. You want to float the boat? Yeah. yeah. You're right. I mean, if anything, the bigger play is enable someone to take Mechatol round one. Have politics. Take Imperial and take. Uh, take Mechatol and score with Imperial next round, but I don't love that. Like that's that's a yeah. dicey uh, a round two Imperial play is a is a scary prospect for for ghosts. And you're just gonna be coming in with carriers, yeah. like maybe a dread, right? It may be one dread, right? Yeah. It's not it's not know. great. Uh, the only other note I'll say about politics, and this is maybe more generally speaking than it is about round one politics, but uh, I do really, really, really love action cards as uh, the Ghost of Krius. Uh, Ghost of Krius is a faction that I think benefits greatly from having like either extra politics takes or extra command tokens to spend on getting extra action cards yeah. on uh, on that. I'm even going to give a little side scenario for like maybe even getting a neural motivator sometimes. Like I just think there's a lot of funny business with ghosts and action cards can can help. And I'm not saying it's excellent, but I I benefited greatly many times from having a strong action card hand. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Ghosts is a really good surprise faction. Yes. You, you have a lot of natural surprises that if you can augment with some even more surprises coming from the action card hand, yep. makes 100% sense. And yeah. sometimes you have bad things happen to you that uh, action cards can undo. Like, mm -hmm. as a really dumb specific example, Repeal Law can be just a very important thing yeah, <laughs> to ghosts. Veto can be a very important thing yeah, to have. Veto especially. Um, I like veto even more because yes. sometimes the stuff that hurts ghosts is gonna happen isn't that going moment. to actually exactly. help. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah, I just think having those outs, uh, right? The the sort of Cody T C T method of like yeah. you're rolling odds, right? The go yeah. go that route. I think ghost rolls the odds a little bit more than they just have like a stable financial game or whatever. Like you, right. you you're you're gonna roll the odds. You're playing the poker. more slot machines you're playing at once, yeah. the more likely that you're gonna get bingo. Yeah. Which is the <laughs> classic phrase. Uh construction uh, I sort of in my head envisioned that scenario where Diplo is not necessarily ideal. It can work, but it's not great. So uh, in a lot of situations, it's probably best just to get that forward dock and put a wormhole token above it, isn't it? I'd, I'd love a good forward system with uh, a Creus IFF negotiated and then a space dock put down there right away. It 
is it actually does have its risks though like you, you the timings can hurt you um construction is certainly not ideal but like essentially you can look at the board and decide if construction or diplo are, are worthwhile i certainly don't right. love construction but i don't think it's bad and there's plenty of times when it's better than diplo especially if diplo is like enabling other players too much and it's not doing so much for you then whatever construction get the space dock mm, i don't know yeah i don't know if i love it you're we're already talking about getting sling relay right like we're gonna get sling relay and we're gonna get a forward dock i feel like i mean listen, we're gonna do both those things round one is what i mean obviously sure. sling relay does go with a forward right. dock, but if we're gonna prioritize doing both those things round one i feel like that's like kind of leaning into the same thing a bit much right i'd rather have more plastic and i feel like yeah. diplo is gonna allow you to do that i mean I, I i absolutely agree i think i think it just can come up again if you can look at the if, if the situation is like uh oh i'm gonna be diploing malice in my home or something then like that's just bad or whatever you shouldn't be addicted to malice like if they're for sure if, yeah if diplo's in play you absolutely should just, just be going for the stuff. most value and yeah. when i say value i mean resource value not influence right you know yeah uh trade is excellent trade fixes everything trade is the supreme being of the strategy cards especially for ghosts because what did we talk about earlier malice isn't three dollars for a carrier but trade right. sure is uh mm -hmm. so you can just afford everything in this situation uh you can take malice uh first action with trade that gets you two bucks on top of your four you got six bucks next action you just pop trade to stall you earn at least three more dollars probably more right if you're flipping all of your commodities and gaining stuff you're gonna have like 15 bucks as ghosts uh round one that sounds like a ton of plastic and tech and yeah. sling and everything uh yeah tra trade trade is perfect trade is the ideal thing but you basically kind of have to be first or second pick for that to uh be an option and i don't know in in multi drafts ghost isn't always a top pick so it's not like out of the realm of possibility that you could go speaker pick first and then it comes back around to you and you get ghosts or whatever and then you can make any slice work right that's that's a good multi draft so yeah uh, it's it's, I think it's so. definitely a feasible scenario and i think you do see ghosts with trade often enough yeah i mean i yeah absolutely i mean it when is this not true but it's definitely true now you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like that's that's I, I've definitely read feedback where people are like, why do they even bother going through the strategy cards? Because we end up saying like the same stuff over yeah. and over. It's important because I think it's important to hear what we're solving each yes. time. Yeah. It's not important for us to say trade is good round one. Right. Uh, to <laughs> But it, it is important to hear what, like, why is it good right. in this situation from this seat? Right. Basically. Yeah. Tr um, trade for us is, is absolutely preventing the worst things from happening and enabling perhaps the highest of the highs uh yeah. the only thing that i think can go better for uh ghosts is like just pure christmas land shenanigans basically right uh, that i can't yeah. i wouldn't even be able to dream up for you i had one of the best ghost round ones i've ever ever had uh in i think our async game with you and me and it was like ghosts in that game I think it yeah. was because that was a game where I took the devils from Dane because Dane did you two had a, a, a spat oh, over an yeah. but like the net result was I had I took four systems I think that round and I don't remember what strategy card I have but like that stuff can happen to ghosts where you just like have so much plastic on the board round one yeah I, would, that, I remember that game I was playing a soul with no influence in my slice yeah and Milty and Dane were <laughs> they were playing against me like it was round five and it was just like from the beginning and then Dane like comes into the equidistant, which has like kind of all my influence. 
And I'm like, okay, but I'm gonna, we're just gonna have to fight over yeah. it in round two. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then not only did <laughs> I take the equidistant from him, you cut into I did Dane's the other fly. Side. So Dane then just has nowhere to go. He was just tanked the rest of the game. And meanwhile, Milty's over there playing as Hakan. Yeah. Hasn't had to lift a finger <laughs> and is just having everything happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I find often that people use me or you in the game as a prop in order to just gain an advantage on the other players it's nuts <laughs> well it's i, so I feed nuts. them on a silver platter because i like mess up one thing and then i start losing my mind and start like wildly flailing and they're like cool cool matt is an agent of chaos now we can utilize the space that the yeah, vacuum he leaves true. behind can be utilized by everybody else uh let's talk about warfare uh it's of course not ideal but honestly like with a scary uncooperative table it can be uh quote unquote necessary um again we are a faction that like only has that one carrier and if we're really afraid of timings not working out we are the kind of faction that does like will take warfare if necessary right there's mm -hmm. other factions you can just afford not to and ghost is not in that boat basically if if it means take malice get the extra bucks and then just build it home more plastic and not tech round one but i get three systems like i'll do that yeah yeah that makes sense uh it's it, not controversial makes <laughs> all the sense in the world yeah uh and finally tech tech is as always not as good as trade but it's good but it's especially good for timing uh we just we, there's, there's no way we will get screwed on the timing of uh tech and we get a uh, sling relay for free which then means actually with tech we can use sling relay to build a dreadnought with our home system and that can be our malice ship so you can actually just like tech first action mm -hmm. sling relay second action send the dread out and then send the carrier somewhere else or whatever and then like build some stuff at home before the end of the round and it's it's a comfortable round one it's not amazing but it's just comfy yeah honestly warfare was like kind of one of the worst round ones that you could have yeah. right yeah and also you we talked about the warfare secondary and every other yeah strategy card so like not <laughs> Just, I know. I'm not trying to be a broken record here, <laughs> but like, what does that communicate to the other players at the table? Mm -hmm. I wonder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, without warfare, are they going to have a good round one? Oh yeah, they're probably going to have a fine round right. one. Why it's not? Probably going to be just whatever. Why not crush ghosts? Boy, well, that's a sentence not? that could happen a lot in this in this the rest of this it's episode. True. Why not crush ghosts? <laughs> I just think some sometimes I'm like, there's not that many factions that really need warfare, right? And I think it is weird that we play without. You know forcing them to to take, take it, it right basically yeah yeah make that that's, make that's the bad factions get it and then they stay bad for a little bit longer uh, basically well, i don't know if they stay bad i think the warfare like opening is like kind of it's just okay right yeah, like yeah. it feels bad because you're wasting quote unquote potential yeah but you're actually getting to build a lot of plastic right and yes maybe you don't get tech you're not super tech reliant right so like pushing tech off until round two Fine is fine yeah so well and the key actually, too for for other factions that really need warfare they can still be stymied by the fact that they need the range to still then get to good systems and you don't have that issue so warfare is even a little bit better for you as ghosts because it's like yeah, i'm gonna build yeah. stuff in my home and that stuff is still gonna get to good systems it's still gonna go places yeah. yeah yeah so i yeah i definitely don't hate I don't hate any strategy card except for like maybe construction basically and sometimes yeah. Diplo sometimes Diplo and you know what so the what could be coloring my impressions of Diplo is just like 
how bad of a time I have sometimes trying to negotiate timings and how often I feel like I get screwed by Diplo because because I messed it up in some way, right? I dreamed too big and didn't do the obvious safe thing or something. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I feel like every time I have Diplo, I've I've bungled it. Or just anytime Diplo is in play, I feel like I'm the one who got bungled by Diplo. I want to be in a game with Jolnar and Argent, mm -hmm. and I want to do Cheesy Bread again. It's been <laughs> so long. Dude. And like, it was, it was kind of a base game thing. Yeah. Because I feel like now PDS has kind of switched to being this thing of like, it's a decent like little augment mm -hmm. but you can't really build like a whole strategy around it unless you are in on the jolnar argent train right and most of the time they trade with each other and not with you but if they both handed over their stuff to you yeah it would get so nasty <laughs> up in here like it would just be so messed up that's really funny uh yeah uh i will not be uh talking about pds ghosts in this guide just so we're clear it's just not a thing <laughs> it's anymore it's just not a thing it, just real quick for anybody that might be just behind on all this stuff uh in base game uh Impson was kind of famous for playing this this version of ghosts where you have pds2 and you just move the wormholes around in your slice uh -huh. making it so that the opponent's can't really keep very good track of like where you can fire yeah, with where the, the shots coming from yeah <laughs> from inside like, the house <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just like a shooting you in your own slice type thing yeah so much fun and in fact there was at least one game i i do not know where it is sorry don't ask me it may have been a space cats peace turtles semifinals i don't think it was though it was something streamed that people watched where um Impson actually made it work like it like yeah. it was like a very viable strategy uh it did not seem goofy or dumb i mean well it was definitely goofy like, it, <laughs> it didn't seem it wasn't unsound yeah. it was arbitrary yes but it worked uh -huh. which is kind of rare it doesn't happen a lot yeah yeah uh well on the topic of it let's talk about tech let's transition yes. into uh what it. we like as tech and we've talked a, a fair bit about like we are probably kind of a shallow tech faction but what does that actually mean uh i have needs and i have wants and i have no thanks uh as All my right. sort of as my sort it. of topics within here and Love our it. needs is a really short list uh and honestly uh the first need is you'll know in round one if you need sling relay you probably want sling relay no matter what but the only thing i would other i would supplant with there is if you can find a way to survive your round one without sling relay get dark energy tap Go ahead and get it. Uh, -oh. uh Just do that. Uh, either one of those are going to be good for you game long. Uh, but like, I'm sure Hunter is of the um, of the mindset of just like Sling is always good. It's like one of the best techs in the game. No. I don't know. No. 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 Okay. No. I, I, I was like, I was saying, I was uh -oh for. I was guaranteeing Matt, you myself you would know disagree me, with me. Bud. I know. You oh, get I know to you know love me. Sling. You love Sling, but you love DT I love more. Sling. <laughs> no, I love. I I love both. I was saying uh oh because I, you know I can just I'm just listening to. Yeah. There's that clan Blue. of people that yeah. don't like DET and they all live in like a cave and they listen to the show together yeah. and they lose and they, the game they, all the time and <laughs> <laughs> and they just get angry you know they're just angry out there you know yeah. a dark energy trap they call uh -huh, it uh-huh but more often than not you are getting sling relay round one which means you have two blue which means round two uh you probably get carrier two you almost definitely get carrier two maybe you get det um i was in a game recently where i did not get det because freaking everybody else round one got det and it was just well, yeah, no longer yeah. viable and it sucks yeah. uh, but most of the time det is great for you because most especially 
You have that crease gate. You have an extra DET token hanging out in your slice. You you have bonus right. spaces to try this. And I will note, and Hunter and I had a conversation not that long ago where I was surprised that you like disagreed. This was on the show, actually. Uh, you don't think in the tile tier list thing, you were like, nobody messes with the Delta tile. And I'm like, absolutely feeling the opposite i did not play a single game where people were not like hey can i get in that creus gate real quick you mind if i get in there and i was constantly having to push people away from my creus gate so i wonder if that was just goofy time for a tile tier list or if you really feel like the creus gate is not like something you have to defend or whatever well i don't remember the context sure but yeah it, it, i i do think the creus gate so the, I think the Creus gate is boring and then the home system is cool. Yeah. Like that's how I used to think of it. Or mm -hmm. maybe I did it the other you way You did it around. the other I way. <laughs> you were hyping up Creus <laughs> yeah, yeah, gate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, sorry, this is sorry. what I think. Shut sorry, up. hang on. <laughs> Everybody shut up. Creus gate rules. Home system sucks because it's got that dumb like wing thing on uh -huh, it. Uh-huh. Um, and wait, yeah. So, but then I also argued that people don't want to get in the Creus gate because I people, love the Creus yeah, gate. I mean, whatever. So the point being though, especially if like your neighbors are getting DET, yeah, you gotta you gotta just work this stuff out because again the the for the early game and especially if you don't get a forward dock uh like round one or two you, stuff's got to come out of that home system and and not only did we say oh the Creus home system is one away from everything it also has exactly one space it can go through to get to other stuff yeah it's except a bottleneck, for the agent uh but the but the agent is a one time per round in only a wormhole or whatever but it's a huge yeah, bottleneck yeah. that's too you can't let people gum it the best way to utilize that gum is to just get DET yourself and park there. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I, I'm not calling DET a need. I'm calling it a sling relay or DET and almost always sling relay. And then DET is probably pretty good. But I think carrier two is a need because our commander dictates more capacity and yeah. carrier two's more movement means we use that even more. Carrier two and your commander are like a perfect combination that you want to utilize as often as possible. And then the next need is I'm just saying work your way to Lightwave. Uh, similar to Cabal, you're just a movement faction. You've got the movement. Best thing to do with right. that movement is to never have it stepped on, which means Lightwave yeah. gets you anywhere you want to go. I don't care how you get to Lightwave. Blue skip, another blue tech. DET could be, that's where that comes into play. Maybe it's yeah. fleet logistics. Maybe it's wormhole generator. You have a bevy of options. Maybe you have to do anti-mass because the asteroid field alpha wormhole is sitting there and you might as well utilize it as well. I don't know. There's a lot of good blue tech, but you do want Lightwave. Uh, and I would say that is end of list uh, for needs. For needs, yeah. I, I agree I would maybe work in a little bit of tricky factions can sometimes make use of uh, fleet logistics i would maybe i wouldn't call it a need yeah um but i feel like if you're trying to sneak the game out from under everybody else then fleet logistics can sometimes help with that i also just want to say that lightwave is necessary because we have no extra punch there's yep. like two types of factions there's factions that have extra punches yep uh that they get in a variety of ways Come either on. they have some sort of faction tech unit yep uh or they have an easy way to get war sons or they have a good flagship yep something like just an extra more than just having five dreads yeah yeah they yeah. have more punch than that right uh ghost you're pretty much hard locked you yeah. got five dreads and you got a mediocre flagship that you should not be messing with yeah uh so that's oh, that's a hard limit um and light wave means we can kind of focus fire our limited amount of punch yep. to wherever it needs to be so we always need that versatility if we're playing as a faction like ghost that has no extra punch yep aspect this is one of the reasons that i think hakan is a little bit overrated uh is they have no they have no extra punch right. they've got all this money yep but it doesn't matter because after your fifth dread there is no more punch right 
they need an easier way to get war sons. That's yeah. really what it is. Right. But same issue with Cabal, basically, right? Like, oh, I got a bunch of free units, and then they're all on the board, and then I have a stockpile of captured units that I don't utilize in any meaningful way or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. Let's same talk deal. about the once then. Um, I mean, there's kind of a lot, but I genuinely think you should not dip into the once unless you are really good on resources like you have a resource heavy slice and you just have plenty of bonus cash or more specifically if like the extra tech stuff comes out you get det and mm -hmm. you find an enigmatic device or the agendas are handing out tech now we get our once cool all right but beyond that you play a shallow tech game you do not need to get the extra stuff you will do very well with just carrier two sling relay and light wave deflectors if those are the yeah. only three tech you ever researched you would be good you would, you're fine for the whole end game um but fighter two does fit in great to your kit again it's the slug trail thing we talked about earlier you don't build fighters but you kind of get to leave them everywhere it leaves every space you are exiting from a little bit better defended or whatever mm -hmm. um i i like it well enough but you need that green tech to get figured out now i said earlier i do kind of make a case for neural motivator i think of this in this way if like if Ixthian artifact pops tech, right? Okay, neural motivator and fighter two. I'll just get that right now. That's a little. That's a combo. Sure. That's a wombo combo of two techs I could just get <laughs> if it if it happened in round two or something. That's three extra action cards game long or something. I I don't hate that. There are other ways you could work that scenario, but that's like a good way to use it. More often, fighter two comes into play if you have the green skip and probably not other scenarios. But a, a green skip to fighter two can be juicy. Uh, we did describe wormhole generator as a as a want, not a need. You'll, we talked at length about the reasons that one comes up or why it doesn't. I won't reiterate them all here. Uh, dimensional splicer, I will kind of say here, uh, but again, it's if it's like really cheap. Honestly, Hunter, I think put a solid enough uh, uh, squash to that idea that like I'm okay with you just thinking dimensional splicer is n not worth it. Uh, but it mostly was the sort of thing of if you can get tech in the agenda phase and it like costs you nothing to research that, right? If mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, I like I have a red skip and I would never use the red skip otherwise, but I'm literally going to refresh it at the end of this agenda phase. So it costs me nothing yeah. to use it right now. Cool. Skip to dimensional splicer. It adds some defenses to your slice or whatever. That That is a route to go down. I don't go down red and get dimensional splicer though. I just, I tack it on if it comes up. It would be better if you could get it early. Yeah. Um, but the things that you outlined in the need are so much more important so much more than important. dimensional splicer. Exactly. Um, so uh, I feel like, yeah, it, it, do, it runs out of use in the, in round five. I just want to say a couple more things about fleet logistics. It is the thing <laughs> that I think you're leaving out here. Sure, so I yeah. just want to add it. This is my contribution to this part. <laughs> um, two things about fleet logistics. Um, we are not a hold mechatol faction. Right. We are a sneak it out from underneath somebody <laughs> in a critical moment yeah. and flip Imperial as fast as we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Action. And the, and, and and the carrier will die. Goodbye. And we love you, yeah. friends. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That is, I think, the type of the the type of faction that we are. We are also a faction with a hero that is best utilized yep. with a counterpunch right yep. afterwards. So, tricky, a tricky so we, thing. we do our we do our hero. I, I said counterpunch, what I meant is follow up. Yes. So we do the hero and we immediately do an action. Uh, very useful. Right. Um, and yeah, I just I just don't want to underestimate that. I For think sure. I think the hero combos very well with fleet logistics. Not all heroes do. Like yeah. a lot of them don't actually. 
Uh, but there's a handful that do, and I feel like Ghost is that. Yeah, I think basically every single blue tech is a want, as it always is. Anti-mass mm -hmm. is a want in the games you know you want it, and you'll look at your slice and you'll know that anti-mass is relevant, basically, right? Yeah, so it's, it's always true. it's always technically a want. Uh, the no thanks, this is the one thing I will say, and maybe this will piss people off. I hated AI dev. I really, really hated it. It was not fun. Uh, it added mm -hmm. nothing to my game. It felt like I was slowing every single thing down. AI dev feels like a kind of tech where it's like, well, I'm going to do nothing right now and I'll kind of do nothing for a little while, but maybe it'll pay off later. And with ghosts, it just doesn't because it comes at the cost of us doing the light wave stuff carrier two light wave right. we have the path to get yeah. there we just need yeah. to do that i don't need to do light wave to then oh the the benefit of light wave i mean of ai dev right is if i have ai dev and a blue tech i can afford like kind of any upgrade in the game i probably also yeah. might like still get sling relay or something and then ai dev round two. Oh, i can get dread two and carrier two and destroyer two and pds two but like before the, by the time that is beneficial, you needed like four unit upgrades, and that's just yep. way too late. And uh, I I just don't like it. Uh, I, the game I got it. In fact, I got it, and then nobody picked tech next round, and then like weird other stuff. I don't remember what else happened, but it's like the game was actually a tech starved game, and I just Ugh. sat on stupid AI dev, and it did literally nothing for me the that rest of the game. Sucks. Yeah. I hate that. So don't get trapped. Um, AI dev is a trap. Yeah, honestly, I mean, just keeping it real simple here, I think a good ghost game, the only unit upgrade you need to get is carrier yep. two. You don't even even need dread two because you can make the you can put those dreads into play with good wormhole placement. They right. do not need the extra mo movement. Nope. Like, yeah. You're gonna get them there. Yeah, and oh. you don't need the direct hit protection necessarily. Obviously, no, that's I always mean, kind of a handy on. thing, but that's not yeah. like the that's not the trade off or whatever. All right, let's talk about uh, some more meta considerations. We've been talking a lot about this stuff, but I like kind of isolating it here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about map building in this moment yeah. uh, because I think Ghost of like Prius have some interesting considerations, especially with a multi draft. Um, the key to this is again, the notion that we are a boat floaty faction. We're gonna just toss the IFF all over the place in the hopes that it is because round one, it got tossed into our favor, right? Our, our big hope is that someone's gonna like do the IFF like twice and put wormholes in our slice before we go there and we can like unlock the commander round one. I am not saying you need to unlock the commander round one, okay? Don't, no. don't get it twisted, but Getting those wormholes established, the timing to do that is round one before ships are there. Because the whole problem right. with IFF is I can't put the stuff there if my ships are there. So once my slice is established, I've lost my opportunity to fill out the wormholes. Well, you can. You just have to put it in the systems with your planets that you control, which is less preferred. Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm saying as ghosts, though, I don't get to oh, do that. I'm not yeah, using yeah, the sorry. IFF. So, so anyways... The big goal here then is, like we said, we're going to we're, we're gonna be trying to do lots of IFF shenanigans. So the logic nowadays that I think is contrary to maybe how we used to talk about ghosts, especially in base game, but maybe even in that early guide. I don't know. I didn't listen back to it. That introduction, I should say. Should say. Um, ghosts, I'm going to sort of definitively say, don't really want the wormhole slices. If you're looking at a multi-draft slice and it's got a wormhole in it, you don't want to pick that one. You want that to yeah. be out there on the map. And the right. biggest logic to this is 
wormhole systems are bad value. It's like at yeah. most three resources, Lodor and Atlas, three resources, or they're just yeah. empty or whatever. Whereas you, if you can be friendly with the IFF, you can put an alpha wormhole above Jol ear and a Cohen. Uh, that's way better of a spot to be defending and set up your home base and move very quickly out of from other places. So you want a high value slice or like stuff of high value in close enough range and then you put wormholes in that stuff and then that gives you access to the other wormhole stuff around the board. So uh, to that end, you know, I, I, I think even... I had multiple multi drafts where we were doing uh, the the multi shenanigans dot be uh, site or whatever to to do our multi draft before some async games, and I could not get the like priorities set right on that thing where we very often had drafts where it's like oh this is gonna lead to like two wormholes on the map and like the betas right. aren't even connected to anything or something like the betas are just closed or whatever, and I was bummed out by that multiple times and then I played the game and I was like. Oh, I don't care at all. Uh, don't it doesn't yeah. matter. And and then I started picking and then I started like a slice has two wormholes in it and maybe nobody's going to pick it and it won't even be on the map in a seven slice multi draft thing. And I was like, that's fine. I'll just let it go away and I'll get the IFFs where I need them. Perfectly acceptable games. Plenty of right. good things still right. happen. Wormhole systems aren't very good. You make good systems into wormhole systems and thus yeah. make them better for you. And that's the logic, I think, to a a Creus map mentality. It's very meta, though. I mean, your table might just reject yes. this idea. Right. They might just be like, no, we will not trade. Uh, the, we we yeah. want nothing to do with the we IFF. We don't care if it helps well, us or whatever. At the very They're least, just... then, round two, you can get Wormhole Generator and just do it yourself, basically, if you need yeah. to. It's a, that's a bit of a I cost, mean, but it is an option. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't that much tech we said that you needed. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's definitely room for it because of that. Yeah, yeah. it is affordable, I mean, basically. Let's talk about this this meta thing that is... I um, mean, it sucks to sit here and kind of know the kinds of uh, feedback we often get on various episodes, especially with like, you know, boat floating mentality, SCPT tournament meta. Ugh. Uh, yeah. And I'm sitting here with a guy that is like basically reliant on that notion is what I feel like. What I, my, the, my, my anxiety about this guide is that I'm like saying, yeah, people will be fr freewheeling with you. I played no, a game against Big Al, and okay, of course but... Big Al helped me out a bunch, right? That's just his way. So it's it's very tricky. Well, okay, two things here. First of all, you always disqualify all of your victories, no matter how large or small. Definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Second thing, it is very possible, and when I say possible, I mean 100% correct, to say that Ghost of Creus is a faction that does better yeah. in a boat floaty right. meta. Yeah. That could just be true. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. A, that, yeah. The, the flip way to say it is if you can't make that happen, then I'm sorry, you're playing a bad faction. Like <laughs> you're, you're playing a pretty weak they're, faction. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not the greatest faction. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are going to play at a table that is like just not going to trade with you, I mean, a lot of factions suffer whenever there's no trade. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, or if trade slows down or if, or if people are really stingy. Uh, but some factions can do better in that environment. Mm -hmm. I do not think that Ghost is one of them. Yeah, no, yeah, they they, they do quite poorly. So uh, we said this all already, and and Hunter has already backed it up. But you know, in recent episodes, we've talked about the like one trade, everything costs a dollar kind of uh, mentality with a lot of abilities. That's not how Ghosts plays today. We don't sell the Creus sure. yeah, IFF yeah. for a dollar. We sell the Creus IFF for the notion that maybe you'll Creus IFF to help me out later. The wormholes are a sure. flexible resource that just moves kind of all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. if you can shift 
the mentality of what it means for a wormhole to move around where it's like always flexible and you are always open to considering moving a wormhole. I think people are more willing to work with you because you've changed the the scary nature of that thing. I think what people are afraid of is you're going to use the Kree SIFF and you're going to put an alpha in my slice and I'm going to have to worry about that all day long. And what you're trying to say as ghost is like, Listen, man, as soon as you want thing out of you want that out of your slice, hit me up, bro. It's free. You can just move it somewhere else and I don't care, right? You you let the attacker attack somebody and then you let the defender get that wormhole out of there to do something else later or whatever. And right. it's not a perfect philosophy, but I feel like you can talk a lot of people into it. Now, of course, you're going to get the people who are like, I like to buy Creus IFF and then hold on to it all game. Uh, to which I say at the very least, Never, ever sell IFF except for in the moment it is going to be used, which is at the start of a yeah. turn. A player does not have to start with the Creus IFF in their hand at the start of their turn. You can sell it to them immediately, and then they pop it and drop the wormhole and do it. And that's when you should do IFF. Obviously, there's like neighbor situations that can come up that limit that, and I would let that be a limitation. Uh, if oh, I'm sorry, we're not neighbors. I just can't make the deal happen. I, I really... Yeah. Unless you've gotten like two rounds in and established just the very comfortable meta, and you are pretty certain you're not going to get betrayed on this, then fine. Sure. Yeah, start doing non-bindings, let it happen, and then they'll do it, you know, they'll, they'll well, swap it later or whatever. I want to point out, can you make that binding? You cannot make it like technically binding, because if they don't have yeah. it, you cannot force them to play it. Right. They have to receive it and then play it, and that's not technically binding. Yeah, that's like two, basically... It's two steps. That's two steps. Yeah. You can't do a two-step binding. Right. So there's no way to make it binding. But at mm. least, here's what you got. If you, if you are making a deal with somebody for them to play the IFF right away yep. in that moment, you know the second you've handed it over to them yep. and they don't play it, exactly. that they have betrayed the, right. the deal. And you get to basically. milk it. You get to tell the rest of the table heresy, or you just, <laughs> or you just accept I mean, it. Yeah, you you could do that if you want, I guess. But you could also just you now know yep. where you're at with that player, exactly. which is is useful information, especially yep. if they want to make deals with you right. later. Yeah. Um. I will also say though, uh, there are of course ways around. I don't want to get all the feedback that like we don't have options. We said wormhole research. Uh. I mean w wormhole whatever it's called. Uh. Generator. Generator. Uh. Can help your mechs. Uh, are helpful in a stingy meta, right? Yeah. There, there are options mm. to getting wormholes moved around and still playing. It's true. And and if anything, too, in that situation, I play a little bit more. Okay, y'all don't want to play around. You don't want to have fun. Then fine. The wormholes sit in my slice, and I play like a little cabal game where I just yeah. have a dimensional terror network, and I move around the wormholes ad nauseum. I get a bunch of fighters, and then when I'm ready to punch you all, I move all my plastic really far to wherever I want to go, and none of sure. you ever yeah. got any advantages. So uh, sounds actually kind of fine to me. Basically, it's it's yeah. a harder mid game for you, just like economically right. and 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 whatnot. But it is certainly uh, doable. It's it's survivable. Yeah, I, it can be tough if ghosts can't score a point early game, which does happen a little bit. Yeah, um, we've already described how we would like to just have blue, which means two and two colors, or even two unit upgrades are like annoying objectives for yeah. us. They're also annoying for everybody else too, right. but uh, except for I guess Jolnar and Necro, but or well, even Necro, it's kind of annoying. But yeah, the point is, there's the version of this that where you're enabling the table to get really goofy, and mm -hmm. they are enabling you. 
And then there's the version where nobody's really having a goofy time. Yeah. And I, you know, it's obvious which one I prefer. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about malice too, your relationship with it. Obviously, like very often you go there early. Uh, I like what Hunter said earlier. Don't be married to the idea. You are not reliant on malice to have a good mm-hmm. round one, but it just certainly is helpful. Um, and then you kind of have a relationship with Malice, like the rest of the game, or at least the first half of the game or whatever. At some point, someone probably wants to come in there. Maybe you can no- negotiate them just parking above it. Maybe they just take it, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I just want to reinforce that value that you get even just in the first two rounds and the notion yeah. that part of offering up IFFs for free is if you can get them to use wormholes in different ways, they don't need to do things like park above malice to then use malice as a way to reach other wormholes right you're saying listen you're always going to reach what you need to reach you don't need malice at all uh and and maybe even in the mid game you just like sell malice maybe that's like the one time you sell the creus iff is like listen i'm going to give you the iff so they have the alpha so that you can go to malice and i'll retreat out and you give me some money in exchange for the planet and you would not have in any other situation had access to malice because there were no wormholes in your slice Right. And I'm giving you that for some money. Yeah, um, that's a good way to put it. I f- also feel like uh, it's another point in DET's um, corner, mm-hmm. uh, which is that it will let you retreat. Um, at, I mean, in fact, Malice is like the most retreatable out of uh, yeah. if you have DET, uh, most likely. Yeah. Um, but also, like, you know, hopefully you have established a wormhole somewhere. Right. And so you have that that retreat path. But yeah, I, I do think you need to plan uh, for leaving Malice. Yeah. Like, and that you likely will not keep it all game because you had to come in with just like a carrier, a right. fighter, and infantry, maybe two infantry. Right. I think that might be, I don't really want to bring another infantry. I kind of just want to take the planet yeah. and assume that somebody's going to take it from me. That's yeah. kind of how I would I mean, like honestly, play, Malice I is annoying to hold. You, you, you've got it other, is. you're going to put your wormholes in other places and you're more concerned with defending those places. Those are much more critical to your economy than Malice is. Malice is a good system, but hopefully your your wormholes are on like better systems. Air and Amir and Kusin Raron and there's so, ma- there's so many high value systems you could have uh, wormholes and bases of operations that, yeah. you know, Malice is a, is a round one cookie, and maybe you keep that cookie a little bit extra longer, but then eventually, right. ah, you can just give it up. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, we've talked a lot about the hero. Uh, I made a note here to talk about it more, but honestly, I think we have covered it. It's it's good. Uh, uh, I got one more. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I had one more, and I don't even stand by it. It's just that you like you can sell it, but really, it's not even selling. It's like you are part of the windslay operation sometimes sure. more than using it for your own benefit. But Hunter, hit me with one more. My favorite use is to score rule distant lands with it by swapping what of like so what you do is rule distant lands is out you get it halfway if you don't remember what rule distant lands is it's uh control two systems that are adjacent to uh, someone else's home system yeah um so you get the first one hopefully you can do that just yeah. on your own right and then you stall to the end of the round and then your last action is you use the hero to, to shift one of your systems from your slice yep with someone else's in order to establish the rest of it. It's like my favorite thing you can do. It's a stage two that you can just do. And that's true of like a handful of stage twos, right? Like it's it's just like, that's the biggest power here of this hero is it can sometimes make what is otherwise incredibly difficult or, or maybe not incredibly, maybe pretty hard stage twos for most factions 
you just have this tricky, stupid way to do it. Achieve supremacy is is another one, right? Where it's like, oh, I gotta get my flagship or war son into Mechatol Rex. Well, if I just bring Mechatol Rex adjacent to my right. Prius gate, it's in my. I'm. A, I just have range to Mechatol. I'm just there. I'll send every single thing I own onto Mechatol, and I'll score the two pointer to win the game. Of course, Seems good. Of course. <laughs> um, and just as a personal favor to Cages, I will bring up. That one time I was playing with cages and they swapped the Arborek home system. And because you can do a home system. If, they, no, if, no, if that person screwed up no bad enough to let the yeah, stuff be it, there. Or if you <laughs> went there, right? Again, if, you're, if your ships are there, yeah, you yeah. can do the swap. But yeah, they moved the Arborek home system away from, well, where it was to a place where it could more, be more easily just uh-huh. annihilated. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, it happened. I, you know, it's not just cages that's done this. It happens every once in a while, and generally, there's like a post about it on yeah. the Discord. Um, and yeah, and there ain't no rule against it. Yeah. You know, that's just how it is. I, I, I love the goofy stuff with uh, the hero, but honestly, my favorite thing about it is just like how genuinely reliable it is. Later, uh, right. if anything, I won't overstate this. I won't. I won't like go push hard on this. But the the resounding logic usually with objectives as like you got to score those control objectives first right you got to get those out of the way because who knows if you're going to get to hold that territory or whatever right and that's still true but if you're like banking on some stuff like you can hold off on certain control objectives and know you'll reliably do the swap and put the stuff there and people won't be able to do anything about it right like that that is an option available to you that a lot of factions don't have as an option and to me that's the strength of ghosts is turning what most players are like ah yeah how am i gonna push boundaries and you're like well i'll move your stuff over here take those planets away from you and guess what now i'm pushing boundaries or whatever and and i didn't need to like stress about it in round three and overextend i can wait till the hero is online in round four and then just do it and just score it easy yeah yeah it's they are they are so great. They're so fun. Uh, but let's 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 have a not fun discussion yep. and talk about agendas. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So let me preface all of this with maybe there was a point in time where we have said like you got to think about these agendas and you got to like plan to play around them a little bit. I think a base game we were like don't get too reliant on wormholes and having stuff in them because bad things can happen to you. Yeah. I don't think that way anymore. I just think that, you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people, okay? And if you're playing that game, I'm sorry. That's what happened to Ghost. But it's not worth messing up your whole strategy to avoid one of the many bad agendas that can hit you, basically. Uh, And hopefully, hopefully, if you've talked nice enough and you've been a big old friend to the table... Maybe they don't want to hit you so hard. Maybe they feel sorry for you and you maybe you've earned some pity points. And there's definitely a pity meta for ghosts with certain players. They don't want to see ghosts just get unnecessarily smashed by one of these agendas. But that's not usually the case. Usually it's a very easy way to just, oh, okay, let's remove ghosts from contention. It's round four agenda phase and this thing came out and we can just make them not actually a factor. And and, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you, but that's just the nature of the game for ghosts. Ghosts and Muat, basically, and Muat to a much less extent, but especially ghosts. Uh, oh, and Winu. Winu get hurt by agendas pretty often as well, but let's work through them. Uh, I have some big problems, and a couple of these are like big problems with addendums, but our first big problem is wormhole research. Yeah, and I got it right here. It is a directive. It reads four 
Each player who has one or more ships in a system that contains a wormhole may research one technology. Hey, that's then, great! Then destroy all ships in systems that contain an alpha or beta wormhole. And then the against is each player that voted against uh -huh. removes one command token from their command sheet and returns it to their reinforcements. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the against is a cost we will incur and it sucks but you will do it to not have the four happen to you because again i absolutely play with the mentality that slipstream is a good ability i want my yeah. units to start their movement in wormholes which means my my bases of operation are in wormholes and this will kill everything and your game will be over and you will not come back from it if it goes four uh, you can lean on, hey, y'all, we don't want a lawn play. Please, please, I beg of you. Uh, but beyond that, you are screwed. Uh, you're just screwed. Uh, and hopefully you can just vote against and lose a command token, basically, if the table is nice. Right. Maybe, yeah, hopefully. maybe other people at the table uh, could lose. If you're, like, playing really fast and loose with the wormholes, maybe they also have stuff in those wormholes and don't want to lose something. That's, like, your best case scenario with this, is that you are not the only one with stuff in wormholes. This is, like, the reason I like some of the wormhole things getting out there. I like having, like, an alpha in my slice by the mid-game, and then the other stuff is, like, dancing around, uh, uh, around the board. And so then, hopefully, other people are threatened by wormhole research enough to not let it go through, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to say, every once in a while, it isn't the worst thing in the world. Right. Every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a but, while. But, yeah, a lot of times, it's going to kill too much stuff. Yeah. Next up is wormhole reconstruction. Yeah. So this is a law. The four is all systems that contain either an alpha or beta wormhole are adjacent to each other. Mm -hmm. And the against is each player places a command token from their reinforcements in each system that contains a wormhole yep. and one or more of their ships. Your home system has a wormhole in it, always. Uh, yeah. So the against on this is truly devastating, especially yeah. if you're getting other stuff locked down. You're, that round is ruined for you. Whatever round it happened in, it may not ruin your whole game, but it definitely ruins that round. Uh, the four is also like not preferable, but obviously you'll take it. Uh, but giving everybody else basically access to your ability is a little bit of a bummer, but obviously you are pushing yeah. for four here because the against uh, will will completely tank your round three or four or whatever, whatever is happening to you. Yeah, I like... Uh... The thing I like about it is that one time I saw a player that like had they were playing as ghosts and they had politics and so they just moved their ships out of their home system and was like, look, now it's fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was like, oh, I see. Well, then I guess it, this is yeah. now you've left your home system empty, but you're right. Yeah. It You'll will fix not it be later. activated yeah, now. Right. Uh, the last one, and this one is the one I put an asterisk on for big problems because uh, uh, it's one side is great. It's enforced travel ban. Yes. So this is a law or alpha and beta wormholes have no effect during movement against destroy each PDS in or adjacent to each system that contains a wormhole. Yeah. So... This one is funny. I put this on big problems and like that's that's not being truthful, but I, I think it can be a big problem. Obviously, we've said we're not PDS ghosts. We're not doing that. But listen, y'all structured objectives exist and sometimes they're out there. And yeah. the against unenforced travel ban casts a wide net, especially when you're in the game. So mm -hmm. everybody might be getting hit. There's probably a good reason for this not to go against for the table. Uh, it, in fact, I think it's kind of easy for enforced travel ban to go for. 
uh, except for the fact that the table definitely has like a, this weird undercurrent vendetta of not liking it to go four because the key to the four is it turns off the wormholes for everybody but you. Uh, yeah, your your ability reads as game effects cannot prevent you from using uh, quantum entanglement, which means for you, uh, alphas and betas are always adjacent, period, straight up and down, which I have this active in a game right now. Uh, nobody else can use alpha and beta wormholes except for me. And uh, it's yeah, I mean, that's great. That's us. That's an excellent position to be in. I mean, it makes IFF un- like nobody needs IFF for pretty much any reason. Sure. Although well, there's still the gammas. There's, there's still, still the gammas, gammas. And that's definitely where you start selling gammas. And also hilariously, like there's still times when you like need to be adjacent to stuff, right? Like we have like intimidate council right. out, right? OK, I can still like the wormholes can still be adjacent to each other and it's adjacency it's just not for movement you can't move through the wormholes basically so enforced travel ban is fine that against though can be absolutely devastating from an objective perspective from a i needed those structures out i needed those pds and it killed all of them and that is uh no go so the point of calling all of these big problems is in the case where you are politics player and you look at you see these agendas i would just always bury all three of them because the risks are too high, right? It, right. E- even if, oh, it might work out in my favor, I wouldn't go down that road. I'd just burn them. Uh, Enforced travel ban is the only one where, like, maybe you've put literally no PDS on the board because you didn't need to and there's no structure objectives or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I mean, probably you should have been putting PDS out to, like, in case the objective comes out. But sometimes enforced travel ban is, like, a safe thing in that moment. But usually these three, bottom. Put them at the bottom of the deck and don't worry about them. Yeah, they suck. Um, all right, next one is Nexus Sovereignty. You've yep. classified this as happy times. This is good. This is good. I love Nexus Sovereignty. This is a law. Um, the four is alpha and beta wormholes in the wormhole nexus have no effect during movement. Mm-hmm. Be against, place a gamma wormhole token in the Mechatol Rex system. Both of those are great for you. It's a really good day. (laughs) Uh, Because again, you still have access to the wormhole nexus, especially if this came out early and you took malice, right? And you've been sitting on it, lightly defended. Cool. That's like basically DMZ. People aren't going there. Now, uh, maybe a gamma is out there that people are going to be able to get through. But like, that's probably like one person has access to the gamma to get to to the wormhole nexus. So it's awesome to protect Mechatol. Putting a gamma on Mechatol is great because guess what? That gamma never gets moved. It's not like your ability. Nobody's ever going to Kreas IFF it away. Yeah. You can't Kreas IFF it away. I love which it. Which means your agent always can go to Mechatol Rex. No matter what, without fail, you have access to Mechatol. Hey, guess what? If this agenda comes out, it's a great time to research fleet logistics for Hunter's reasons listed above. <sighs> Instant, yep. now, it, uh, fleet logistics just became a need uh, if this agenda goes uh, for putting a gamma token on Mechatol. I love it. It's so it's so fun. Yeah, it's there's not a bad out- outcome for you. Uh, if it comes up, yep. just go for it. Uh, I have two um, honorable mentions, uh, and these yeah. are pretty easy ones. These get brought up all the time, uh, actually, in this in when we talk about agendas. Um, Ixthian Artifact, we all know what Ixthian Artifact does. Maybe blow up yeah, Mechatol, maybe need, get tech. We don't need that. Uh, I, I think this is honorable mention because 
Uh, you can get really fancy with wormholes. Sometimes more systems are adjacent to Mechatol Rex than you are used to. <laughs> they, yeah. If a wormhole is there, suddenly three ships die in way more systems uh, than you had planned for. And also, this is a situation where, like, the tech is really good or whatever. So, like, again, if you're the politics player and you see Ixthian, take a quick glance and double check. And maybe, hopefully, you, like, have wormhole generator and you can, like, get something else where it needs to go real fast or, yeah, or whatever. It, rig it. Rig, it, rig yeah. the Ixthian a little bit. But uh, I would put Ixthian on on top probably in most situations and the other uh, one you have to <laughs> well, i'm sorry no you're right I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry i'm so sorry the last one as an honorable mention here is rearmament agreement uh this is uh hunter will you read rearmament yeah. agreement for us it's a directive for each player places one mech from their reinforcements on a planet they control on their home system against each player replaces each of their mechs with one infantry from yes. their reinforcements. So luckily we don't have to talk about the agenda that like does mech ability stuff. This one though is very notable because I love having a mech in my home system, honestly. It's a wonderful little little uh, surprise thing to do. I don't love keeping mm -hmm. a wormhole in my home system, but if in a moment I have a big fleet on my home system and I can drop an alpha there and it act gives me access to like something really crazy, then yeah. I would like to do that. Now, maybe I've built uh, uh, mechs already, but I would say the against is like very bad here for ghosts because it's twofold, right? I wanted my mechs all over the board because I would like to have access to this wormhole ability. Uh, but the other side of it is I like... I lose if I lose my mechs, I lose my ground coverage. And I think a mech, the mechs are actually a critical part of a, a successful ghosts game. I have actually had a number of ghost games where I was not relying on the mechs and it always felt really bad and trepidatious and scary <laughs> basically. And the second I have mechs like in planets, like I automatically feel more protected from most stuff basically. Right. Uh, so I, I really don't, uh, don't like to see rearmament agreement come up, but it depends on like how much work you've already done on getting the mechs out, basically. Uh, so it, you know, if you, if you stand to lose mechs from it, I would not let this be, you know, would not let this sit on top, or would push very strongly for four. I, I do not like just killing, sacking all my mechs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a four for for me because I don't like losing for a faction that is sort of mech dependent just yep. for like the service mechs provide, not the special ability. Right. The special ability is like an, a little extra thing, a yep. little cherry, but it's not like you don't build. It's not the foundation. Yeah. Um, I do not like losing my mechs knowing that I'm ghosts and other factions have like deploy mech abilities or they have bombardment or they have like just they're punchier. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to lose my mechs if I'm, if Definitely. I'm ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk then about kind of like the late game stuff. Uh, at the beginning of this guide, I said uh, ghosts are like Cabal with their movement, but they actually have like a finishing move. They just have to survive to that point, right? That's the key to a good ghost game is like the survival yeah. of the mid game. And then in the late game, if you've built up a strong enough position, you will absolutely have lots of options to close out the game. We are really good at lots of objectives we talked about like we are kind of better at like a handful of stage twos than other people so like we can always lean sure. into that we don't even need to necessarily rely on bonus points uh we we can have a strong economy uh going for us we can like be sort of you know if we if if we can get you know trade goods moving like we can just hold on to them or whatever the mid game to me is about maximizing plastic production and and like i think i have this fault as a player where i um, try to qualify for every single objective at once. 
because I'm afraid someone's invariably going to knock me off of, a, of an objective. Like every round of the game yeah. I'm talking to, like round right. two, I'm like, I got to qualify for all of them. And then I'm like, that's why I'm always spread thin in games. This is the evaluation I've been doing over the last like year. It's like, why am I always spread thin? And it's like, because I'm trying to do everything at once. And then yeah. that's why you I can't. do get punched off of some objectives, right? Rather than just like leaning hard into like, I'll, I'll do this objective this round. Lock one and nobody down, yeah. wants to mess with me on that one because it would cost them too much or whatever. I spread thin, cover every objective, and then I get slapped or whatever. And Ghosts was really helpful in like reprioritizing, like get your one objective and then just secure plastic because you are so punchable from every single direction. You absolutely can and probably will be punched at least a couple of times. You can't get mad as ghosts if someone, someone does like a little slap fight on you or someone tries to snipe something from you. You've given them access to the board. Sometimes yeah. you are the target, okay? And that's, that is yeah. the cost of doing business as ghosts. Your goal is to make your stuff uh, uh, unlikable. You don't want people to see your stuff as a viable option. So exactly. the best thing is to feed the IFFs and have the shored up defenses so that you aren't the target. I love what you said so much right there. It's about making yourself the worst target. Yeah. The thing on your side always in any game of Twilight Imperium is that there are other there are other options. There are mm -hmm. other players. If you and this doesn't always work, by the way. Sometimes. Sometimes you make yourself the least desirable target and people still punch you yeah. maybe because you host a <laughs> podcast. I don't know. Uh, but if you kind of fan out and, and peacock and yeah. say, I'm going to do this and that and, and the other, mm -hmm. and you're kind of making yourself uh, more of a target, you're spreading yourself out more where there's more reasons to possibly stop you. Yep. If you say, I have a strong defense here and you can attack me and perhaps even you'll win but you won't, but you, it will be at a great cost. Then if I'm the other player, I'm looking at my other options. Yeah. I'm saying, well, yeah. over, I can go over here, but what is it going to cost me? It's co maybe cost me too much. Then I see some ghost players over here with one, uh, with a carrier fighter yeah. Yeah. as their defense. That's it. Right. All I got to do is probably just have them retreat. Yeah. And okay, then I'm going to do that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and I will say too, my, my thinking on this is you do have a way to help reinforce this. And this comes back to the like, try to find a Creus IFF buddy. Because here's, here's a bit how my logic works. Round one, you, my friend, are going to help me get the IFFs into my slice. I'm going to establish this. Uh, so that round two, I probably use those uh, real quick to like go get one more good system, probably like in a comfortable range, right? I want I want a slice that reinforces itself, right? That's the 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 key to a bad ghost game is like I have this system way over here and that one on the other side, and if one of them gets attacked, there's no way to retaliate or do anything. Uh, the thing I notice uh, when I'm like looking for targets uh, of somewhere to attack for like an objective or whatever is I can take it, but can I hold it? And you look and they're like, oh, they have a fleet right next door. If I take it, right. they'll just they'll just come back in. And uh, if Ghost has spread thin, then that's like very easy to do. There's no there's nothing yeah. you don't have. They can't look at the board and be like, oh, well, what that fleet next door will will hit me back or whatever. Right. So the the big key then is uh, establish that. Get your commander online. You have a sort of little network. Hopefully you keep like one of those wormholes and you're like bouncing between malice and that wormhole to then do other stuff in your little network and uh decent economic factions can survive scoring in the mid game just in their slice right it's it's perfectly mm -hmm. common to just like i have my like three systems with planets i'm trying to protect and that 
will like score me most of the points that are going to come up. It's enough resources, it's enough whatever, I'm doing trades, I've got all the stuff I need. So the mid game is about, all right, now you who gave me the Creus, IFF, and my slice, you get to use them wherever you want. I'd ask that you not move my alpha, but the gamma and beta are fair game. They're all yours or whatever. And they get to have the mid game to go do their wily stretching out for control objectives while you just sit in your slice and you score. And then the flip side of that is then in the end game, you're trying to get all those wormholes back. You want all of that stuff back in your slice or what or whatever. Like you want uh, slipstream enabled so that then in round five, you can do all of your finishing moves. Like round four is about like collect the wormholes back. And then like round five, you wormhole generator one last time to put the thing right where you need it to do like the moves you've got to make that round or whatever. So it's like, give me the wormholes give all the wormholes and then give me all the wormholes right at the end. Yeah. Well, what a And that's ghosts. That's ghosts of What Creus. a what a guide. What a game. <laughs> what, what a, a faction. Ghost. What a faction. Yeah. It's so funny cuz it's like yeah, I, th- this did have so many memories of Cabal. And I do I personally do still like Cabal just like in general as a faction. I just like having movement solved. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a player who just kind of likes the good factions too anyways, but especially I like having movement solved and at least with ghosts it's trickier it's goofier it's funnier and it's like working with the table and doing silly things like it's it's just still true that ghost is one of the most fun factions to play at the right tables at least yeah i think that ghost has enough versatility there's the ceiling is high enough for me whereas i find that cabal is a little too locked into some very specific things like for example construction right i kind of don't like being locked into construction that much yeah it's not good yeah um i mean honestly every game i've played as ghosts i was doing well enough that i was playing speaker gambit games i was playing politics like I, i i was moving the speaker token around and keeping control of it and i think i do that a lot anyways but I wasn't missing out on objectives in doing that. I I didn't need to take tech to catch up, right? We said it's a shallow tech game. I don't need to take trade to catch up on things. I'm I'm a tradey enough faction to stay afloat or whatever. You are perfectly good at just controlling the speaker token. And honestly, you're one of those factions where you can control the speaker token and still not be like the chief threat at the table. A lot of times it's like, I'm so comfortable, I'm just gonna play the speaker game. And everyone's like, well, that's why we need to punch you, soul. Like we gotta do something to you now or else it's gonna be a problem. Ghosts, you can be doing that and that person you're like also kind of selling the speaker token back to, they're the bigger threat. Oh, it's Nalu. Oh, it's Kolaris. Oh, it's right. Sar. What? There's like so many factions that are a bigger priority for the table than ghosts, but you are comfortably scoring the whole time anyways. They are just so good at laying low in the point tempo and then having a good final couple rounds. Yeah, the only thing that I don't like about them is I always... I always find that if we're talking about a faction that like rarely is custodians, yeah, uh, that I think is just going to hurt them stats wise. For sure. Over, I mean, that's just going to like bear out in yep. the numbers over a long period of time. If they're just not good at getting custodians, then all, I don't know. Then yeah. it's just that 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 point is so critical in deciding yep. who the winner is. Not to say that it is. If we were just talking about a single game, if we're zoomed in on a single game, custodians might not matter. Yeah. If we are zoomed out and we're looking at all games, I feel like it it is a, a very relevant yeah. deciding factor as to like who is going to win that game. So, and you definitely can't like it's it's not like 
as common as some factions but again because that movement is not the question it's really just the influence you start with two influence at home like right. malice might contribute to it like there there's definitely ways you end up with custodians but it's it's certainly not ideal i definitely think you're more like around three or four take mechatol and pop imperial kind of yeah. faction if you're looking for Sneak bonus later. points alternatively you can just sort of lean into an incredibly dynamic plastic position and right. get the stage two flip. It's not ideal, but it absolutely happens. Like it's absolutely a pathway for for ghosts. Uh, the only thing that's going to screw you is like structure and tech objectives. Everything else is probably in the realm of possibilities. Basically, right. This was a uh, this was a really fun one, this was a fun and one. Uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this episode as as the first listener <laughs> of this episode. I I liked it, and I think you did a great job, Matt. Thanks, Hunter. Well, I want to thank our weird bears. Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brasbird, Cabal of Soul, Kaluan, Daryl, Carnal, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Emlashevsky, Absol, Arwise, and Tang, and Artinsi, Sprouts, Kraken, Portmandia, Hercules, Savant, and Vince. You can rate this podcast on your app of choice wherever. You know that Spotify has audiobooks now? Isn't that wild? That's super weird. Wow. I don't know what to do with that information. Uh, besides, I don't know, I started a weird book today. That's, 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 hey, if you like books, give Give us a five-star rating on Spotify. Yeah. It really helps books out. Uh, so you can also go to our website for uh, info about our Patreon, all of the various uh, discords, and our new shirts, our limited edition uh, shirt runs that we're doing right now. Very excited about them. Uh, go check those out and get a sweet heavy metal L1Z1X shirt uh, that I yeah. think is amazing. Yeah, that's really exciting. Also, I love that Spotify is getting into books because I love the idea of Spotify just having a list of like all the people they could just pay like one penny to for their work. (laughs) And they're like, oh, authors, how come we didn't think of that before? They like already have crossed out like songwriters, podcasters. There's like, oh, authors. Yeah, you can pay those people like nothing. Libraries have been doing it for decades. Hey, libraries are good. No, I love libraries. libraries. This. No, I'm Do saying not. Spotify is turning it into some capitalistic horror, you know, horror show sure, instead of it just sure. being a library. I still have to yeah, subscribe but- to just listen to the book. I can guess what, folks? You don't need Spotify. Libby exists. Just get Libby, okay? Sure. Libby's better. There we go. Yeah, Libby's Libby's pretty great. I did my civic um, duty. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Doing your civic duty. Um, Homebrewers Guild. Let's talk. Um, so I told you I would be a. Ana- I'd be. I would be giving you a date, mm. okay, for the Lazak stream, and I have it for you. It's maybe not the date you wanted. I feel like this has gotten kicked around a little bit, and I feel bad about it. But y'all, the holidays are in full swing. Yeah. We got Thanksgiving this week, mm-hmm. and uh, my friend's mom is in town. <laughs> and I, it, I don't know. How, I'm not going to explain it more than that. Actually, we're just going to leave it there. But just so you know, like, that makes it sound like a bad excuse. It's like my dog's nope. friend is over. Nope. It's like my friend's mom is in town. It's like, no, this is a big. This is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I'll just say it this way. My mom is in town this week. Okay, so that's what's happening. That's better. And you can't get between. You can't get between family. All uh-huh. right, family's important. Um, so I have just merely one Twilight Imperium. Uh, stream scheduled for this weekend just one and it's the qualifiers i'm sorry uh homebrewers guild is going to be kicked down to the next weekend but i'm giving you a date a hard and fast Mm -hmm. date meaning that i can't wriggle out of this one so easily Mm -hmm. um we decided that we're uh, we're not going to go to pax unplugged it was kind of up in the air yeah wasn't sure whether we were going to do it or not there wasn't enough for us to do so we're just not yeah so that means my december 2nd and 3rd weekend is available so on december 2nd which is a saturday at 11 a.m eastern i'm going to be streaming 
as the Lazax, playing Weird. the homebrew Lazax faction that me and Matt designed uh, some some time ago, <laughs> a little bit of time ago. Okay, these things move as fast as they move. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm giving you a date, all right? You've got it, and, and I will, uh, in the time running up to that, we will kind of be paring everything down and getting everything figured out. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving snuck up on me and now we're, we're in it. Yeah. Um, I also want to say Yinsterhood, uh, thank you so much for helping me with, uh, soul research. I did, I did a, a soul game last weekend, uh, with the Yinsterhood and it was, it was great fun. And I played soul and was like, I don't need to do more. (laughs) I didn't need this. (laughs) We, and I don't even know if the episode is necessary, but we're just going to do it. We're going to do it just to make sure people know, you know, just a a good once over. It would be weird if we went back on everything and just said, you know, soul, we just don't even need to do it. Right. Let's, we'll talk about it. We will sit down. We'll have a good talk. Um, that episode is coming up, uh, either, I don't know, next week or the week after that. I don't have the schedule in front of me. It's coming up. It's coming up soon. Yeah. Hilariously. I also have like either Hakan or Sar coming up, both mm-hmm. of which are of a similar mood where it's like, I, I don't know. We just recently did an episode that basically was a Hakan episode without being a Hakan episode, but like anytime we talk about weird involved trade stuff, mm-hmm. it becomes a Hakan episode or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Hakan have some, in my opinion, problems for to be sure. solved. And that's I've been, been my focus. Hakan get shut down. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I think a guide about how to not have your home system get crushed <laughs> is, is like, yeah. more more than anything with the guy everything else is like i don't know follow every other blue tech faction guide but let's also, talk about qdn in round five <laughs> well uh la- last two times i've played with sar uh they've been eliminated yeah last two games it's so SAR weird and- how that's always been that like our first sar guide we were like they have an impenetrable way to survive the game but also they get eliminated more than any other faction i think yeah. people are just too dicey with sar like people just like yeah. go go too hard with sar and there must be some other solution i don't know uh i my, the the sar game i'm dreaming of is uh getting det which is a little bit out of the way uh and then finding mirage in an asteroid field i just want that for myself someday i just want that sar game but uh so far it has escaped me <laughs> That sounds like a good guide, though. Just a whole section where <laughs> just you're just like, that. <laughs> you got to draw Mirage in the asteroid field. And let's work out the math uh-huh. of that. I, I feel like that's a good 30 minutes sure. right there of just us. Well, listen, I didn't do it for the ghost guide. I did not. Put, I did not include today. Like what happens when you get Mirage in your Delta? Because I got that and it was fun, but also bad. It, it ended up being it was a thing I wanted really badly and then immediately regretted, uh, mostly because legendary planets are always a risk uh, when shard comes into question. And Mirage is the worst one. Sure. I mean, you get two fighters per round yeah. and you maybe lose out on several points yeah basically and ghosts are in not need of fighters so yeah. it really did yeah, not serve already... me any purposes yeah mirage <laughs> mirage should be better for what it is it's uh-huh. such an it's it's sad that it pops up and a lot of times it'll be like no yeah. it's mirage right. <laughs> although maybe dane likes that i don't know maybe maybe dane gets some sort of weird enjoyment of fe- of a, a positive that is also a negative uh-huh. if, you're, if you're playing the game really hard uh-huh. <laughs> Given his favorite faction is the way that it is, I would say that is the case, basically. Yeah, makes sense. Well, what a weird guy. We got to figure him out someday. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. This whole show is that. It's it's not been about Twilight Imperium the whole time. It's been about trying to investigate the mind of Dane Beltrami. Yeah, yeah. And what what of the stuff in the game is there because Dane really believes in it? 
and it's just there because Dane didn't really think twice about it. You know what I mean? Like how much of the game is kind of just laying around? It's just in there. Like stuff that was just in your house, you know? How much of the game is and this this I'm going to use this word. This word has a negative connotation, but please go deeper with me. How much of the game is junk? You know what I mean? I that's and that's not an insult. I mean literally just like stuff lying yeah, around, right. stuff that we just had. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have these rules. We sure. just got them. Yeah. Let's I uh, will toss them in this, I guess, you know, like it's it is kind of a scrap heap. Yeah, the leaders especially. It was just like, I don't know, here's components. Here's just so many more components. Let's just have as many components as physically possible. I can't wait. Right. Yeah, I look for, I look forward to just more and more and more components. I, let's do 5th edition. And in 5th edition, let's have the box be like the size of a Honda element. Let's just do that. And it's just full yeah. of components. Hey, Fantasy Flight, I think we get to do 5th edition. I think that's what you just heard there. <laughs> we earned we it. We earned it, okay? <laughs> yeah, y'all can, y'all do whatever you're doing, have fun or whatever, but we, when it's time to do 5th edition, that's us. We're going to do that one. And it's going to suck. It's going to be really bad. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>